Hey there, and welcome to Shadow Facts. That's facts as in horse treat-sized pieces of information, a podcast about Lord of the Rings. But only the horse parts. I'm Joey. And I'm Caitlin. And And this this is is our oath. oath. We vow to discuss every horse mentioned or visible in both the Lord of the Rings books and film adaptations, and we do mean every. We vow to rank every horse seen above. We vow to rewrite one of Tolkien's songs per episode to be about horses, live on the pod. And we vow to answer the call of Gondor when the beacon is lit. By which we, of course, mean answer your questions about Lord of the Rings horses to the best of our ability. Here we are again. Take a deep (laughs) breath, because there are so many fucking horses today. There are so many horses. So many horses. There are a lot of horses. Episode six. This is episode six. We're we're in it. I mean, we're in the land of horses. How many? Yes, we are in Rohan. Correct. How many (laughs) hours do you think we spent in like horse archiving this time? And I would say usually. Usually, like, we watch, I don't know, maybe an hour of the films, like, give or take, and then we usually watch it again. And so, aside from our own, like, reading time and, like, note-taking time, there's usually about, like, two, not even two, I would say maybe an hour of horse discussion on its own, where we are kind of going back and looking at scenes again and pausing and replaying and, um... Uh, debating amongst ourselves what a horse is. Yeah, there's a lot of debate about what a what a horse is. Hey Joey, what is a what are we do- what is a horse? Uh no. I'm just comment. kidding, we don't have time today. How many hours do you think that we spent on horse? I think diving? we spent six hours. Yeah, we did an our we did our initial watch through of about an hour long segment. Yes. Plus about then, an hour and a half of conversation after that. Yes. And then we spent, what, four hours? Four and a half hours. The second. Yeah, I thought half an hour of that was conversation. You know what? Let's like, let's be separate. generous and say yeah. half an hour of it was, so an even four hours. And that was, like, that was grueling. That that night was a little yeah. grueling. Yeah. Like, five, we, so five, five and a half hours we of horse are, analysis mirroring the arcs of our favorite characters on the screen you know it's the second act they're in it they're being challenged they some of them are maybe despairing a little that's us uh-huh. right now baby <laughs> yeah we're being tested love by a the little quest. despair just a little just a, a little just as to, a treat just to spice <laughs> spice things up a little <laughs> uh, we start off oh i didn't even open my book to the right spot what am I doing? 
Oh, bad start. Okay, the king what are we of doing? the golden hall. Yes, and again, as a reminder, we kind of are at the point Two Towers is bo- Two Towers book is split pretty differently from the movie, so we are asynchronous for a good chunk of the day again, meaning book and movie aren't going to line up super... It's not a very clean mesh. Yeah, so we're talking about chapters six and seven of the first mm-hmm. half of Two Towers, which is book three, um, King of the Golden Hall and Helm's Deep. And movie-wise, it is one hour, 12 minutes, 40 seconds to two oh one thirty. Yeah, which is uh, exactly 15 minutes in if you're on the split discs, as I am, to, yeah, the, to the next to disc, the, the second to the, disc. To the second disc, yes. Um, mostly uh, the movie we don't get as far, like we don't get through or even really to the Battle of Helm's Deep, um, but it covers a bunch of other stuff, like with Frodo and Sam and other things that don't come in the book until later but But in both book and movie we kind of start at the same place which is nice yes they are gandalf and otagorn and legolas and gimli are all together the whole gang's back well half half the gang is back (laughs) oh oh yeah and it is an even half after boromir's death what the Um, fuck yeah sorry i don't like it (laughs) It's, look, it's a lot easier to split the party when one of them dies. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll be over here if anyone needs me for the rest of the podcast. Okay. Um, anyways, <laughs> they're all riding their horses. Uh, Gandalf on Shadowfax. Also Gimli. Gandalf is carrying Gimli with him on Shadowfax, even though he would rather probably be riding with his boyfriend. It, listen, it makes sense. There is a great moment right off the bat in the books where... The first horse reference of the chapter, they're riding on. Yes. Um, everyone everyone is exhausted, and Gandalf is pushing them pretty hard to get to Edoras. Gimli almost falls off the horse because he's sleeping. Hours passed, and still they rode on. Gimli nodded and would have fallen from his seat if Gandalf had not clutched and shaken him. Hasafel and Arod, weary but proud, followed their tireless leader, a gray shadow before them, hardly to be seen. I want to <sighs> fall asleep on a horse. Yeah, and then in the next paragraph, um, suddenly Shadowfax stood still and neighed. Gandalf pointed ahead, um, because Shadowfax is better at seeing than they are, I guess. He's got horse senses, you know? Do we know anything about, like, IRL horse senses? They got them. Are horses especially good at seeing? I don't think they're especially good at it. They have a very different field of vision than we do. Yeah. What's wild to me is that... Can we talk about, actually, can we, can we do yeah. a tour very quickly to talk about horse senses? I feel like yeah. for a prey creature who, like, horse's whole fucking thing is that they, like, walk and run around. Like, that arguably, that's, if you boil it down, that's the essence of a horse. I, I feel like they would have better depth perception. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, they clearly do have depth perception, but, like, about certain things they don't, like, horses are really bad at telling, like, the depth of water, which is why horses are very hesitant to step through and ride in water. Um, Because they they can't tell the depth of it, um, which feels like an important skill for a prey animal. Yeah, which means, like, even if you are just asking them to walk through a puddle, 
That's very scary. That's they very will scary. Just stop. There has to be that bond of trust there. Snort and <laughs> I listen. I don't know about this. I do not know about this. This seems dangerous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're good at hearing. They got a big old nose for sniffing. Yep. Hoofs, I think, are probably not great at touching TBH. Their skin in general, I mean, probably not as sensitive as ours because it is covered in hair and seems a little tougher. But, like, I do see horses, like, a fly will land on a horse somewhere and it will, like, give a little, like, twitch and the skin there will, like, wrinkle until the fly goes away. Yeah. More more sensitive in some areas. Like, much much more sensitive around around the belly and the undercarriage. Also, like, the, the oh, nose. The, the skin around the nose gets very soft and velvety. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking about that velvety horse nose. Oh, I want to... Yeah, I want to yeah, touch, touch a velvety horse uh, nose. Oh, I miss horses. Big tongue for tasting. Oats. Salt. Salt. They love to lick salt. Friendship? Yeah, they they lick friendship too. And those are the senses of a horse. Indeed. So shadow facts, nays. Uh, yeah, and it's not really apparent why. I guess they can see like a glimmer of gold. They can see Metaseld way, way, way in the distance. Which, which, or at least, which like, is Shadowfax's home. Yes. So Shadowfax is like, hey, look, there's my house. That's my house. <laughs> Welcome to my crib. Um, Legolas describes it a little bit. Um, and then Gandalf says, Edoras, those courts are called, said Gandalf, and Metaseld is that golden hall. There dwells Theoden, son of Thengel, king of the Mark of Rohan. Uh, now the road lies plain to see before us, but we must ride more warily, for war is abroad, and the Rohirrim, the horse lords, do not sleep, even if it seems so from afar. Draw no weapon, speak no haughty word. I counsel you all. I counsel you all, until we are come before Theoden's seat. I feel like during that, the special emphasis on speak no haughty word. He is just staring down Gimli and Legolas. Like, I heard what you, I heard what you did. Behave yourselves this time. Absolutely. On, on a side, do we know where the emphasis is on? You say Rohirrim, Rohirrim. I I feel like it's and Rohirrim. you say Rohirrim. Yeah, I don't actually know. I think I say Rohirrim because that's the way my dad pronounced it when he read to me growing up. And that's how I still pronounce it. And I have not actually checked. And I know... I think they say Rohirrim in the movies, but I might be... Yeah, but I don't agree with all of the movie pronunciations. That's fine. That's okay. (laughs) Some of them. Some of them I do. Some of them I don't. There's also variation in the movies. I mean, as... And I think as any of you have noticed... I pronounce Ottergorn the pretentious way. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you said it so I didn't have to. <laughs> yeah, I just, because, because that's like how, how Ottergorn says it and how Gandalf says it. And uh, that's what my brain tells me to do. But many other characters say Aragorn. I, so. I have been, this is kind of an aside, um, big surprise. I've been rereading Watership Down right now. Which has uh-huh. all of the like the the rabbit language in it, and your pronunciation of Rohirrim very much reminds me of like a Lathine word because it's kind of like soft and lolloping. It has kind of the same shape as a lot of the that language. Interesting. I have never read Watership Down. I had no idea there were rabbits in it. I know nothing about it. Oh, 
Wild. Wow. Okay, wild. That feels like... <laughs> I'm surprised. That feels like a touchstone that would be, like, kind of in your orbit. It's great. I mean, that's very much, like, where, you know, Redwall and whatnot come from. I like it because there's a whole rabbit language and um, really interesting kind of creation mythology and um, folk heroes and whatnot. That's fascinating. I guess, like... I have never known anything about it, and from the title, I just grouped it with, like, dystopian novels you're required to read in high school. Oh, no, it's it's, talk- um, it's Talking Bunnies. Yeah, and I did not, I'm, like, I mean, it, I'm it reeling is, a little, like, trying to... It, it, is, it is a little dystopian, because, like, the the whole thing is, like, these rabbits leave their warren because there's a rabbit with, like, future sight and says something bad is going to happen to the warren, and so okay. it's like their like very perilous journey to find a newborn, and there is they like they encounter a big chunk of the book takes place is they they encounter a rabbit dystopia and have to like overthrow okay. it. So I, I see what you're getting at there. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. It also has yeah. it has the classic. Uh, it has a an animated adaptation from the 70s, which is like fucked up sand 70s animation, which should not be for children because it is too yeah. scary. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, rabbits are great, but this podcast is about horses, so... <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, we, don't, we do not have time for this today. We have so much, we have so much ground No, to it's cover. okay. <laughs> also, on page 111, uh, they come to a ford over the stream. There was a ford between low banks, much trampled by the passage of horses, um, and then they see the the flowers, Evermind or Symbol Muna. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how that was pronounced. I think the Y was like a U, though, which grows on the barrows of the sires of Theoden. Um, it's and interesting the son because of we Theoden. we get it in the book here. Like Gandalf just talks about it on the way, but it, um, they worked it into the film really nicely. Yeah, um, yeah, that is a good moment. Theodred's um, funeral. Oh, so speaking of the movie, was there anything? There's there's nothing there's nothing yet until they like here. hit Edoras proper in the movie. Oh right, because we just see them approach from like Eowyn's perspective mostly. Eowyn. I mean, we there are some shots of them riding. Today, but yeah. The, I mean, we we do have we have so many horses to cover today. But the truth of it is, today is the Eowyn podcast. Yeah. Can we just we, can we take a moment to like dreamy sigh about Eowyn? <sighs> we'll get there. She's great. Ne- ne- what I have next in the book is uh, Aragorn recites a poem in the Rohirrim language, which is the the really beautiful poem that they use in the movie as Theoden's oh, yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of like as Theoden is armoring for the final charge in Helm's Deep when he is kind of grappling with the possible fall of his kingdom it's a really beautiful little poem that starts where now the horse and the rider where's the horn that was blowing and it says uh thus spoke a forgotten poet long ago in rohan recalling how tall and fair was aorl the young who rode down out of the north and there were wings upon the feet of his steed Felleroth, father of horses so men still sing in the evening and i was curious about said Felleroth. About that fella? Yeah. And here is what lotr.fandom.com, the one wiki to rule them all, says about it. Yeah. <laughs> the horse tamer Laod, father of Aorl the Young, attempted to tame a captured white colt. 
However, when he attempted to ride the horse, it threw him, resulting in his death. Oh. His orphaned son. Yeah, it's kind of, it's, the story is like more intense than I expected it to be, honestly. His orphaned son, Aorl, hunted down the horse, but instead of killing it, he demanded that it serve him as payment for causing his father's death. The horse accepted this, taking the name Felleroth, a name said to mean very valiant or very strong. It was said that Felleroth could understand the speech okay, of Okay, that's what I was getting to. What What is with all these old-timey horses who just spoke? Yeah, I also... Because that's, that's the second reference we get within the books to a horse that spoke. Uh, I think this is the horse that... Oh, is that the same horse? Yes. It just wasn't named before. Mm. But it is, like, the, the yeah, horse I guess they were from which the about... Maris are right, descended okay, from. Right, and they were talking about, like, an ancestor of yeah. Shadowfax. Yeah. My question is, generally, I think the idea with horse breeding is to, like, breed better horses over time. Right? Mm-hmm. You, like, breed for desirable, the traits you really want. Yeah, desirable qualities. And it is confusing to me that you would have a talking horse and then gradually have no talking horses. You know? I mean, I if we wanted to really delve in there, I think that's a pretty grim, like, statement of intent about the world. Yeah. And I guess I don't know if Tolkien was meant it in that way or if it's more of a no. sign of like magic dying yeah yeah no that's exactly yeah, the how way I like it. the elves are like yeah like the, the ending the and things age of legends like the, the like the zenith of this world has already like come and passed and the highest highs are, are long behind us like talking yeah. horses yeah that is that is a weird that is a weird little yeah wrinkle though yeah that and that one talking fox from the first book. Yeah. I mean, the fox doesn't talk talk. It just thinks to itself in its head, but in a very, you know, person-like way. Wow. So that's Felleroth. That's Felleroth. What a fella. The father of horses. What a fella. Mm-hmm. Grandpappy of all. <laughs> Grandsire, I guess, yep. if it's a horse. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Yeah, so then they arrive, and I guess we should jump to the movie for a, a little bit and then come back. No, no, to no, this. we should keep going because this is like before they actually get to Edoras proper. This is still like outside the gates before they get up to. Okay, the yeah, that's that's true. They have like uh interactions with like the guards. Yeah, right. Who are like nobody is supposed to come here. Yeah, um, and well, and they they meant they recognize their own folk. Yeah, and they recognize the horses. Who are you that come yes. heedless over the plain, thus strangely clad, riding horses like to our own horses? Long have we kept guard here, and we have watched you from afar. Never have we seen other riders so strange, nor any horse more proud than is one of these that bear you. He is one of the Maris, unless our eyes are cheated by some spell. Ottergorn responds like we are no phantoms uh, for indeed these are your own horses that we ride as you knew well ere you asked I guess it's some <laughs> nice some nice shade there but seldom does thief ride home to the stable here are Hasafel and added that Aomer the third marshal of the mark lent to us only two days ago we bring them back now even as we promised him has not Aomer then returned and given warning of our coming not all um, is well guard yeah gives a weird 
look at that. In the movie, of course, Aemer has already been exiled at this point. In the book, we find out in a little bit that he went to hunt the orcs against the will of Theoden, really Wormtongue, and upon his return was put in prison. So in the book, he is in prison in Adaras at this point. And then Gandalf talks to the guards and says, and behold, I too bring back a horse. <laughs> Here is Shadowfax the Great, whom no other hand can tame. He just, he cannot resist a stage. He is such a ham. He loves the drama. I mean, that whole scene where he like meets up with the three hunters in Fangorn and like they're so freaked out because they think he's Saruman. Like he could have just been like, right off the bat, have hey, no it's fear, me. I'm Gandalf. Hi. And instead... <laughs> Does yeah, this whole he's thing. so weird about it. Yeah. So they, they get waved through by these guards to continue into Metasold, or continue into Edoras up to Metasold, the, the Golden Hall, and to meet with Theoden. I do want to, this is a little thing, but I do want to point it out. There's specifically a mention of a stone carved in the likeness of a horse's head with a, with a fountain running out of it. Um, which I think is interesting, both because we see a lot of cool, like, horse motifs in Edoras and, like, on all of the, like, every sword and house and textile from Rohan. But when we see it in the movie, it's very specifically a pig's head for some reason. So, I don't know. thought it was interesting. You know, choices. So, they they walk through Edoras and up to the hall where they are greeted by Hama. And have that whole thing now do you want to jump to the movie and yeah. get us up to this point and then we can talk about those scenes yeah totally so in the film it's aowen time it's aowen time uh and it's sad yeah there's <sighs> it's it's rough times for aowen it's rough it's rough times for aowen we get I actually can't remember if this was this segment or the last segment, but we see, like, the death of... Not Aothane. Theodred? Thank you. Um, yes. We see... Yeah, and Grima says the thing Gr- to Grima... her about, like, oh, yeah, he died in the night. Isn't it sad? And it kind of seems like he maybe made sure that Theodred died in the night, but it's unclear. Yeah, I mean... Th- there, there's definitely a menace there, but also like when he was first brought back, like her reaction to his injury seemed pretty clear. Like, but there is a great I do I do really love that scene between Eowyn and Grima with Grima's whole like monologue about Eowyn, which is lifted from how Aragorn thinks of Eowyn in their first meeting, but creepier. But yeah, but creepier. <laughs> but it's it's a, it's it's such a strong monologue like brad doroth is so great and uh, and loathable and her like reaction her like kind of tearful like she kind of seems like maybe she's like wavering and being swayed by his words and that you know like with like tears in her eyes like your words are poison like it's just a great um, it's introduction of who she is so quickly yeah and i mean it is it's his speech is one of those speeches that is like, there's enough truth there, right? Like he does perceive truths about her and, and that what it she is fears. the kind of thing, right, that really like gets in your head. And I think that then says a lot about her ability to 
to like stand up to him mm-hmm. and like call it out for what it is and not sort of be manipulated even though she's feeling the effect yeah of that. yeah even though he has, and even though he is so successfully manipulated um her uncle oh <sighs> um and and she's beautiful and she's wearing that white dress with the great sleeves oh with the great sleeves i do like that dress i i i don't know why i'm know. so stressed out it's, it has that very, like, renaissance fair, like, incredibly low-slung belt, which stresses me out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that low-slung belt was a real thing, although not in the renaissance. It was earlier than that. Um, but I know ren fairs are not really... No, no, no. That, like, renaissance I, I, underst- I understand it's that just... there's, like, a, a historical <laughs> yeah. precedent for it, but, like, that... I don't, I don't know why that particular... Um, like single cut dress with the the very low slung belt. It just honestly, I think that that like silhouette with with the low belt. There's a lot of like early two thousands fashion mm. that was using the same you know proportions and things. And I think it makes sense for people of our age and generation to have sort of like a visceral so, so you, you're saying dislike it's, of it, them. It stresses me out because it makes me flash back to like low cut jeans. Yes. Yeah. I'll buy that. We can't ever go back there. <laughs> you can't make me. Like if you think of like Paris Hilton oh at like God. the apex yeah, of like the yeah, lowest yeah, yeah, yeah. jeans right like everything she was wearing it's it's that and of course like it's not like that on Eowyn but I think it triggers something in your brain <laughs> the fight or flight <laughs> response <laughs> of low rise jeans yeah I know I I think that's accurate so, so there's that scene where she kind of she sweeps out of the hall out onto like the front porch this is probably not the right word the front terrace yeah. of Medeseld. you can see kind of the big view over the plains it's incredibly windy and we see the standard of rohan the the, the white running horse upon the green field the flag gets mm-hmm. completely ripped from the pole by the wind and swept down out to yes the, and the we also right we see um, the three horses with the four people on them way in the distance. Mm-hmm. And then as they ride up, that standard is like blowing down to the ground. Yeah, which I actually, I, I really love that detail, both because I think it foreshadows Aragorn and Eowyn's connection. And also mm-hmm. um, it's a pretty like heavy handed metaphor for <laughs> like, you know, that like Rohan is like in mortal peril. Absolutely. Um, And I think, like, movies, by virtue of being movies, have to, like, use visual imagery uh, in ways that, like, books can just Movies just gotta use pictures, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there is, uh, I noticed when, when, like, Legolas and Gandalf have, like, are riding through the gate and Aragorn is, like, a few paces behind them, and his, his hands on the rein are a little wonky for a second there i think he's trying to you know get his horse to the right place and they're kind of on weird uneven ground but um i would love to see his hands like a little lower and closer in because his left hand is kind of gorn's riding coach it's kind of up like he's like oh wait go this way (laughs) yeah it kind of it seems to me because that that 
entrance is, is quite hilly, and it seems to me like he was kind of doing the thing where, like, he's, like, he's bringing his body weight up and forward, which you should do when you ride, like, mm. up hills to help your horse distribute right. their, their balance better. But it's like he, his own balance is a little off in that, and so he's, like, rising yeah. unevenly. Yeah, he just looks a little, a little out of control there. Not in a, like, not in the way we <laughs> often mean someone is out of control. I just mean, like, out of, like... Like good writing form control. Yeah. Yeah. And then we start to see our first um, new horses of the section as they ride through Edoras up to the hall. And here the flood of horses, uh, the horses start coming and they don't stop coming. Back to (laughs) Metacell. Seriously though, this is like, it starts now and it, it never stops. So. Yep. Yeah. Um... Oh, I was confused because the start of my notes was the start of the second disc. I need to go to where. Yeah, because we it did it starts. backwards, okay. like fools. Yeah, we're fine. We're good. Yeah. So first, there's we see. I think the first um, unknown horse. The segment is we see a dark brown horse being led through the background while they ride up the yes. path. Yes, it is saddled but not ridden, um, and it has that that classic raggedy ass saddle cloth what do you want to name this horse raggedy great a little Perfect. mean we got a we got a we got a lot of horse na- horses to name today so though. many horses raggedy great um that's okay. at minute marker one one hour 15 minutes 36 seconds if you're curious and then we're we see a bunch of horses in quick procession so we're not going to do minute markers but all of these are in background shots as they are climbing up to to yes yeah kind of starting at like i mean we have almost a minute pass before our next one but at 116 31 and then the next like 20 seconds it's just like six horses in a row okay so we see um a what we think is a dark um a seal brown horse black points we are doing a little bit the thing where we learned a new horse term and we're using it a lot but yeah every horse is seal brown now (laughs) um (laughs) Horse colors are fake, as are most things. Yeah, they're a social construct. Many horses are just brown, and it feels right now like a really useful term to distinguish horses that are brown. Yeah, I mean, what we mean by seal brown is like they are a dark brown with black points, and they get kind of lighter, like reddish tan Um kind of on the undersides and certain spots. Um, whereas like a dark bay would not get lighter. It, yeah, and it would go chestnut straight to the dark would points. have a mane and tail that's like the same brown as the rest of it versus the black mane and tail. So we think this was a seal brown horse. I didn't write if, anything if, else. If down you're about being it, a podcast ghost and like screaming at us about how we are using seal brown horses incorrectly, please get at us. Yeah, you can you can tell us that. No one, no one need be a podcast ghost in these times. <laughs> input. <laughs> but to the best of our knowledge at this point, that's a seal brown horse. It's being led by a man with a shield. That's great. pretty much it about that horse. All what these if... horses are like, it's the thing where they're in the background, they're only on screen for a second or two. So it's, we, we don't have a lot of detail about them. Yeah, can we name this horse Shield Maiden? <gasps> I love that. I'm so into okay. that. Okay, great. great. Um, and right near it is another horse. 
Yes, a, a dark chestnut with kind of that lighter nose. Lots of chestnuts, their noses kind of go a little gray because the hair kind of fades out and you see like the dark skin underneath, um, but it's not dark, dark. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what I'm saying. Those three clone chestnuts that are in the scene with Aemer all kind of have that mm-hmm. gray nose look. Anyways, so that's that's what I wrote down. Dark chestnut with lighter nose. It was chomping at its bit. I think we should name this horse Impatient. Great. Impatient or Impatience? Mm, either one. Maybe Impatience. Impatient feels okay. better as a name, though, even though the other is... We can do Impatient. Okay. That's fine. Okay. Horses can be named adjectives. You're right. They can. I'm they? sure I've, like, heard of a horse named Handsome before, so, like... Yeah, yeah, you know, actually, I yes, good point. Okay, yeah. up next, we get some cool horses with some cool stars. Yeah, we've got a dark bay with a star, um, and we have a chestnut with a star, which I wrote, V-shy and cute. <laughs> oh, that's very cute. <laughs> um, yeah, because that chestnut, if I'm remembering correctly, this chestnut is, like, hidden behind... An old lady who just has a big bundle of sticks hidden behind the stick yeah. lady. So that, and I feel like those were both kind of like in a courtyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the it's, the, it's the little. star horses. It's the little cutout. There's like some carts around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about. Um, what do you want to call that dark bay with the star? Well, I'm thinking because they both have stars and they're like standing next to each other. What if we did like a match set name? Like we could do like Comet and Tail or something. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say Comet and Blaze, but it doesn't have a Blaze. There is, in fact, no Blaze. (laughs) We could do Star Want. We could do Star and Star spelled differently. Um. Or we could do Comet, Comet and... Comet and Blaze. Wait, no, no, no. Okay, let's do... do... Comet and Blaze is very cute for like the like matched star name no but i I, let's save that yeah let's save that for horses with blazes or at least a horse with a blaze okay dark bay with star is star with two r's (laughs) and and chestnut with star is star with two a's Star. Okay, great. Star, star. Star and star. Actually, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do one A, but I'm gonna put an umblot on it. Umblot. I'll accept that. Hold on, we're gonna have to take a f- two A's is very Dutch, but I'll accept the umlaut A. <laughs> yeah, match. Now we take a five minute break while I figure out I'm just gonna Google umlot. <laughs> oh yeah, copy and paste that in there. Yeah. Umlot. Umlot. Oh, thanks, Wikipedia. Star and star. Great. What's next? Next is a very dark horse being ridden, but it is blurry and barely seen. Wow, that's a that's what we like to call a Shadowfax classic. Oh yeah. Oh no, it's not um, copying correctly. Please. Do you have to paste without formatting? No, I got it. Okay. I was getting really close to just writing star parentheses. With, a yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going to suggest next. Uh, yeah. Very, very dark horse. I'm trying to remember anything else about this horse. 
It was, I think, in the right side of the shot, and we really just, like, you didn't see it at first, even. I was, like, right there, right before the, like, camera cuts, there's a horse, Mm. and it's quite difficult to see. What? Something about how it's difficult to see? Yeah, I'm trying to remember what we've named horses before, because we could name it, like, Glimpse. Oh, I like that. Glimpse. Okay, I don't think we've used that yet. No, we have not used Glimpse. We've used, like... We haven't really used that. We've used more words that mean, like, mysterious. Like Enigma. Right. Oh, we can't reuse Blaze because we named a horse Blaze. Remember Enigma and Blaze? Oh, fuck. I I can't believe we used Blaze right off the bat. (laughs) I mean, it's right there. Like, you see a horse with a Blaze and you're like, wow, Blaze. Okay, well, we should save- we should save- Like, I had a horse named Star who had a star, so- Yeah, we should- we should save- we should- we should be sure to name another horse with a star comment. And we have so many horses with stars today. So yes, and we'll come back to it. And then I think that's it on actual horses. We do see some cool horses, horse motifs, because again, this is Rohan. So we see a cool wooden horse pillar that we saw before, uh, like in the hall of Medeseld when, Oh yes. And um, this is also, we might want to cut back to the books because this is where they have the confrontation with Theoden. Let's talk about, well, let's talk about Hama first um, and then Theoden. Cause I just, I really love this moment in the book. So they have this, yeah. Hama, a little bit of an argument over like handing over their weapons. Cause Hama is like, you can go into the hall, but you have to leave your weapons outside. Um, This is a little more like, there's a little more to it in the book. It makes sense to cut that for time in the movie. But the thing I love is that in the book, when Gandalf is like, you wouldn't deprive an old man of his staff. Hama agrees, but sees through the ruse. Yes. He says the staff in the hand of a wizard may be more than a prop for age. Yet in doubt, a man of worth will trust to his own wisdom. I believe you are friends and folk worthy of honor who have no evil purpose. You may go in. And I love that. Like, Hama recognizes that, like, whatever Grima is saying, he has discernment and trusts his own discernment. Yeah. um, And and knows that Gandalf's staff is not just, like, a staff for walking and lets him in anyways. Yeah, I feel like... We, we have talked about similar moments like this, but I this is an ongoing theme in the book that I really love, which are, there are so many more, like, little examples of, like, I think when you think of, like, morality in Lord of the Rings, like, it's, like, the big things. It's, like, oh, like, oh, Frodo chose to take the quest, or, like, literally fighting evil with a sword or whatever. But there's so many wonderful little moments in the books of people making, like, difficult choices in the moment like this moment of yeah of Hama kind of like choosing to like trust Gandalf and his intentions or like Eomer choosing to like let the party ride through Rohan unhindered because he recognizes that they're they're what they're doing is is more important than like the loss yeah of and land. it's it's often these moments of people who choose to do something despite orders that are telling them other otherwise like yeah. that they recognize mm-hmm. that higher leadership is corrupt and are making better choices on their own 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, it is a small moment, but I, yeah, it feels like an important yeah. thing, especially because um, we, we deserve, Hama deserves his, his one shining moment in the sun. Um. Yeah, I mean, Hama, right, Hama has some great characterization there. <laughs> Rip. Mm-hmm. Um, I do also want to, uh, the next, like, horse reference in the book we have is a tapestry on the wall. Yeah. That says, but upon one form in, in the woven clouds on the wall, the sunlight fell, a young man upon a white horse. He was blowing a great horn and his yellow hair was flying in the wind. The horse's head was lifted and its nostrils were wide and red as it neighed, smelling battle afar, foaming water, green and white, rushed and curled about its knees. And Aragorn says, behold, Eorl the young. Thus he rode out of the north to the battle of the field of Celebrant. Cool horse. That's Felleroff. That's oh. I'm yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah, that makes sense. This is this is weird. Like Rohan, in some ways, marks a departure because, like, as much as we are into horses, t- Tolkien is like notably less, and so frequently, like even if horses are kind of important to what's happening and like an important mechanism, he like kind of treats them like furniture and doesn't always like go into detail about who or what they are throughout this kind of section of the book. I feel like there's much more authorial interest in the horses. Part of that is, you know, we're getting to like bigger name, like hero horses, but I wonder if part of it also is like a reflection of the setting. Yeah. So we see Theoden and behind Theoden, there are some banners Yes, in the movie. Yes, in the movie. Can you tell us what's on those banners, Kaylin? I cannot. I do not have it written down. Presumably some horses. Yeah, I, the answer I was looking for was just horses. Oh, yeah. Hor- uh, <laughs> run, run, it, run it past me again. Uh, can you tell us what is on those banners, Horses, Caitlin? thanks for asking. Great. Um, so we have the green and white, and then there's a blue one and a red one each with a horse. And then there are a couple other banners, but they have like just suns and things on them, I think. Yeah. So the sun mirrors the sun motif, which is, which is like the, the big metal um, inlay on the hall of Medusel. Yes. It's a yes. recurring motif. Um, in the behind the yeah. scenes, the, the set dressers who made the set um, had kind of an interesting thing talking about how those different banners are supposed to represent the different cultures inside of Rohan, that it's not like a monolith and there are these different um, backgrounds. Interesting. Do you want to name those three horses at all? Normally, this might be cowardly. Is it No, it's okay. I I feel like we have so much. We have so much to do today that I kind of... Look, they're they're the banner horses of Rohan. Oh, perfect. Yeah, we'll name them as a group. Okay, hold on. Let Let me add a line to the fucking document i'm really glad that you talked me out of my cowardice thank you um <laughs> horse banners behind theoden the banner horses okay and no count so then in both book and movie we get the confrontation of uh, Theoden and Gandalf, which plays out a little differently between them. Yeah, and uh, the Peter Jackson complainer is back. <laughs> um, 
Please, uh, please log your formal complaints here. Look, in the movie, Gandalf does his staff thing and basically performs an exorcism. Yeah. And, like, it turns out Saruman has, like, literally been, Mind like, possessing Theoden. Yeah. Here's the thing. In... And and I don't just like I I don't just hate that because it's different. I hate it because it robs us of yeah of Theoden's like personhood an and agency thing, which is that in the book Theoden is manipulated. You know, like like he listens to the wrong person and believes it and stops like actually observing things or like right going right. outside. And then, and then what brings him back is actually like laying his own eyes upon the situation and like seeing his people and his kingdom. Yes. So in the, in the book, Gandalf raises his staff. There was a roll of thunder. The sunlight was blotted out from the Eastern windows. The whole hall became suddenly dark as night the fire faded to sullen embers. Only Gandalf could be seen standing white and tall before the blackened hearth. And then like Wormtongue tries to talk and Gandalf like knocks him to the ground magically. And then he says, now Theoden, son of Thangal, will you hearken to me? Do you ask for help? He lifted his staff and pointed to a high window. There the darkness seemed to clear and through the opening could be seen high and far a patch of shining sky. Not all is dark. Take courage, Lord of the Mark, for better help you will not find. No counsel have I to give to those that despair. Yet counsel I could give, and words I could speak to you. Will you hear them? They are not for all ears. I bid you come out before your doors and look abroad. Too long have you sat in shadows and trusted to twisted tales and crooked promptings. And then, like, he leaves his chair. He gets up slowly and Eowyn helps him walk to the doors and he walks outside yeah. and like feels the air and looks upon, you know, the land and that changes things. And when I was reading it, I had this very, uh, I don't know, sort of visceral response of like the, the like maddening despair that I feel when seeing what many people in the world, especially older people, but not exclusively or, you know, completely. Um, but, you know, people who are like only watching Fox News, for instance, yeah, and things are just like, their minds have become so, I don't know, um, closed off from anything else and like filled with um, fear, you know, yeah, grima poison and fear if that's just like Saruman possession, then it's like oh, the only thing to do about it is to have Gandalf perform an exorcism. But if that's like, like a response to regular input, then like, I don't know. No, it's, it's a, it's a richer and, and more relevant story. I, I completely agree. I think I, I am less of a Peter Jackson complainer than you, but, like, I think where the movies... In the moments that the movies fall apart for me, it's because they place spectacle over humanity. And, like, the humanity of these books is, I think, their, it's their most enduring quality. And so... Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that's that's an example of, like, kind of choosing the cinematic thing instead of the truer human emotional um anchor of it yeah 
I also yeah, absolutely I do want to point out that before that, um, shadow facts is like a point of contention in Grima. Oh and, yes, there's and, and, yeah, and there's they're like some bickering. Great lines there, like Theoden says when he receives Gandalf quite frostily, "I will not deceive you. When I heard that shadow facts had come back riderless, I rejoiced at the return of the horse, but still more at the lack of the rider." <laughs> Which, yeah. Ouch. Yeah. And then Grima a, Grima a points line. out like how selfish and audacious. Gandalf is um, for like taking shadow facts when the king offered him a mount of in any of the mounts as like a reason that Gandalf can't be trusted. Yeah, he says like that my lord bade you choose any horse that you would and be gone, and to the wonder of all, you took shadow facts <laughs> in your insolence. Wow, Gandalf, who would have believed it? Right? There's a song about Lothlorien? Because also, like, Grima, an ongoing thing, Grima insults oh, yes. uh, Galadriel and says she's, like, the spinner of webs and deceit and whatnot. And I, I love that yes. in the, throughout the books, everyone is like, you know, war is fine, but I draw the line at disrespecting women. <laughs> yeah. Gandalf and Legolas and Gimli all have been drinking their respecting Galadriel juice, and I... I, for one, support that. Yeah. And then the other thing, the other thing is that, and this kind of continues throughout this chunk of the movie, but in the book, Theoden is like, after seeing what's up, he's like, okay, like, let's, let's go to war. Let's fight back. And in the movie that takes a lot longer, he's initially like, he comes back to himself, but he's still like, reluctant to like get involved sort of offensively unless it's absolutely necessary yeah and he's much he's much pricklier about um aragorn's presence which i think was an intentional choice in the book to play up the like rohan gondor conflict which will become important later but yeah and then let's talk about can we talk about eowyn yeah, that's oh, what I was going to okay. say. Can Let's I read, talk about Eowyn. Can I read the section where the, her yes. like, introduction? Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's so good. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, in the book, she is just like the woman who has been standing behind Theoden and then helped him out to the porch. And then he, Theoden calls her over. He says, go, Eowyn, sister daughter. The time for fear is past. The woman turned and went slowly into the house. As she passed the door, she turned and looked back. Grave and thoughtful was her glance as she looked on the king with cool pity in her eyes. Very fair was her face, and her long hair was like a river of gold. Slender and tall she was in her white robe girt with silver, but strong she seemed, and stern as steel, a daughter of kings. Thus Aragorn for the first time in the full light of day beheld Eowyn, Lady of Rohan, and thought her fair, fair and cold, like a morning of pale spring that has not yet come to womanhood. And now she was suddenly aware of him, tall heir of kings, wise with many winters, grey-cloaked, hiding a power that that yet she felt. For a moment, still a stone, she stood, then turning swiftly, she was gone. I, you know, don't, like, ship Eowyn with Otterborn, you know, I think, right, like, I'm fine with, like, her you know, temporary interest in him. But I do those last couple lines, like she now was suddenly aware Aware of of him him, is really evocative of that, like sort of electric moment 
of, I don't know, becoming aware of another person in that sort of like chemistry way. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because you're I just don't sort think of like he... arrested by it. I think of many of the like canonical, I, I think Tolkien is much better at unintentionally writing romance than intentionally writing romance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Frodo um, Sam. Anyone? <laughs> well, and lots of, there's there's a lot of like good like Legolas Gimli stuff in this oh, section yeah. that we'll Abs- get to. Yes, yeah, absolutely. but yeah, but that really feels like a moment of like th- like there is something undeniable there. Yes, like nothing I've read or seen in the films for that matter <laughs> about Ottergorn and Arwen so far has like had that sense of yeah with chemistry. In the, in the movies, you know? it's much more. It's played more of that, like, it's kind of like the awkward, like, you can tell someone has an unrequited crush feeling than it is like that, like, both of us acknowledge the bond. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, I think in the movies, there's also, like, we see more chemistry between Eowyn and Ottergorn than we do between Arwen and Ottergorn. And, right, but only because um, there's no, that's, that's a very low bar to hurdle. In the movies. Right, it is. I th- and partly that's because, like, maybe Arwen and Ottergorn is an an already established relationship, and it is not the first blush of as a- right there. Like the electricity of noticing someone is not there to sort of play with. I am looking um, respectfully. <laughs> um, but it's also because Eowyn is a literally more human character. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And has a lot more, I think, like, life and vibrancy on screen. Yeah, I just love, I love, I mean, I don't love, I, I could do without the, like, a morning of pale spring that has not yet come to womanhood. That's a, yeah. that's a weird, that's weird, weird little wrinkle. But in general, I do really love the way that Eowyn is described throughout these passages. Like, yes. I'm thinking of a moment we will get to shortly where, um, they have a whole conversation in the books about, like, if Theoden rides out to war, like, who will stay and essentially be the marshal of Edoras? Because... Yes, yes, Eomer yes, yes. I wants to, to ride out to... Yeah. Um, yeah, go go, go ahead there. and yeah. go ahead and read the um, line that you want. Yeah. Is I just there want to anything... Talk about, I just want to talk about Eowyn. There's not really any... Okay. There's... Great. There's pretty minimal horse stuff oh, until let's, they... Let's... Expel Real quick, let's talk about the white background horse when Theoden walks outside. There's a white. Yeah, so that's when they're expelling Wormtongue. Oh, right. Okay. Yes. In the book, it it plays a little differently. You're right. Yeah, and both of them, instead of killing Grima as Theoden wants to do, um, he's counseled to give him give him a horse and let him ride away. Yeah, in the movie, they don't exactly give him a horse. They just throw him down the steps and then you see him <laughs> riding away on a horse. Yeah, that's like... I don't know why you would waste a horse on Grima, but... In the book, it's like an important thing of like, I know like Grima has been loyal to you in the past and like there still is that bond there. And so the way to test that bond is you need to send Grima away and like where he goes will like show you his loyalty or lack thereof. Like, essentially, right. we think he's working for Saruman. If he rides off to Saruman, then, like, confirmed guilty. Right, um, you know. And the movie is, like, it does not make any sense for, like, okay, like, now run back to the person you've been spying on us for. Yeah. What I was gonna say mm-hmm. about Eowyn is... Can we... I feel like we need, what? like, a sound effect for Eowyn, which is <laughs> either time... we Anytime we say Eowyn, it's just both of us going... 
<sighs> the shadow facts yeah. uh soundboard you know Mm-hmm. so he's like which of you will stay he being theoden yes and is there none whom you would name and whom do my people trust and hama says in the haste in the house of aoral but aomer i cannot spare nor would he stay said the king and he is the last of that house I said not Aomer, answered Hama, yeah. and he is not the last. Yeah. There is Eowyn, daughter of Aemond, his sister. She is fearless, fearless, very fair, <laughs> not fearless. She is fearless and high-hearted. All love her. Let her be as lord to the Aerlingus while we are gone. And, I mean, I love Hama in this moment, and I'm, yeah. like, so disappointed in Theoden for being, like... But there's no one else in the house of Aoral. And I'm like, this woman who has, like, been by your side this whole fucking time. Yeah. She's right there. Um, But he does say, it shall be so. Let the heralds announce to the folk that the Lady Eowyn will lead them. Then the king sat upon a seat before his doors, and Eowyn knelt before him and received from him a sword and a fair corslet. Farewell, sister daughter, he said. Dark is the hour, yet maybe we shall return to the golden hall. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, and um, then, oh my god. Yes, the king now went down the stair with Gandalf No, no, wait, hold on, him. hold on. You, oh, you skipped wait. over an important thing. Oh. So. Oh, yes, yeah, I'm so, sorry. No, no worries. Okay, so Thayden is like, maybe we will return. And Eowyn says, speak not so, she answered. A year shall I endure for every day that passes until until you return. But as she spoke, her eyes went to Aragorn, who stood nearby. Wow. Then, yes. the king now went down the stair with Gandalf beside him. The others followed. Aragorn looked back as they passed towards the gate. Alone, Eowyn stood before the doors of the house at the stair's head. The sword was set upright before her, and her hands were laid upon the hilt. She was clad now in mail and shone like silver in the sun. Oh, and I just love that's my that image. Yeah. There's another a really like haunting line about her that we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah. And we do, we do need to go back a smidge um, for yeah. Shadow Facts. Yes. And that background horse. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's finish up book stuff and then hang out in Movieville for just a minute. Okay. And just in this little section. Yeah. So... Theoden, this is after they have expelled Grima, and Theoden is expressing to Gandalf, like, you pretty much, like, you came just in the nick of time. Oh, Theoden says that he, he owes Gandalf a gift, and Gandalf says, Whether I came in time or not is yet to be seen, but as for your gift, Lord, I will choose one that will fit my need, swift and sure. Give me shadow facts. He was only lint before, if lone we may call it. But now I shall ride him into great hazard, setting silver against black. I would not risk anything that is not my own. And already there is a bond of love between us. To which Theoden responds, You choose well, and I give him now gladly. Yet it is a great gift. There is none like Shadowfax. In him one of the mighty steeds of old has returned. None such shall return again. I love how free with his emotions Gandalf is about Shadowfax. Yeah. Tell your friends you he love them. that horse. He loves that horse. Oh, there's also another moment um, with Eowyn and Aragorn right here, um, right after that, which is that Eowyn comes with a cup of wine. Oh, yeah. Um, to, like, pass around. And after Theoden drinks from it, she's proffering it to the guests. As she stood before Aragorn, she yeah. paused suddenly and looked upon him, and her eyes were shining. 
and he looked down upon her fair face and smiled, but as he took the cup his hand met hers, and he knew that she trembled at the touch. "'Hail, Aragorn, son of Arathorn,' she said. "'Hail, Lady of Rohan,' he answered, but his face now was troubled, and he did not smile. You had such a, like, hey. (laughs) You know, Joey, people think Lord of the Rings is long because of the epic scale and the battles and the allegiances, but really it's long because it's a slow burn fic. Although not between these two. No. Uh, There's also actually a moment just before that that I'm going to talk about. uh, (laughs) Oh my god. I know. We're a joke. Is it about Gimli? Yes. So Thaden is giving everyone gifts uh, from like the the, the things proffered. Gimli takes a small shield. It bore the running horse white upon green. That was the emblem of the House of Errol. Keep you well, said Theoden. It was made for me in Thangle's day while I was still a boy. Gimli bowed. I am proud, Lord of the Mark, to bear your device, he said. Indeed, sooner I, sooner would I bear a horse than be born by one. I love my feet better. Um, which is... Yep. Yeah. And then great. he has a nice moment with Aomer in another couple pages where Aomer says, like, ride with me on Firefoot. Yeah. And, like, there's 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 some there's something there, you know? Yeah. I think we should just it's... read... We should... It's kind of flirting, teasing, and it's all happening in front of Legolas. Like, it's... Kind of good. Oh, yeah. We should, re- yeah. We should well, read it. Well, I, I do want to say we get our first reference to Snowmane right before that, which yes. is Theoden's horse. Yeah. Not much not much is said about him. Right. It just says, some held in readiness the king's horse Snowmane, and others held the horses of Aragorn and Legolas. Gimli stood ill at ease, frowning, but Aemir came up to him, leading his horse. Do you want to be uh, Gimli here or Aemir? I'll be Aemir. I feel like you have a better Gimli voice. Hail, Gimli, Gloin's son, he cried. I have not had time to learn a gentle speech under your rod, as you promised. Eyeballs emoji. Uh, But shall we not put aside our quarrel? At least I will speak no evil again of the Lady of the Wood. I will forget my wrath for a while, Aemir, son of Aemond, said Gimli. But if ever you chance to see the Lady Galadriel with your eyes, then you shall acknowledge her the fairest of ladies, or our friendship will end. So be it, said Aemir. But until that time, pardon me, and in token of pardon, ride with me, I beg. Gandalf will be at the head with the Lord of the Mark, but Firefoot, my horse, will bear us both, if you will. I thank you indeed, said Gimli, greatly pleased. I will gladly go with you, if Legolas, my comrade, may ride beside us. It shall be so, said Aemir. Legolas upon my left and Aragorn upon my right, and none will dare to stand before us. Wow. Under my rod? Sir, my boyfriend is right here. It's good. It's very good. Yeah. Gandalf asks where Shadowfax is, and th- they, the the Rohirrim they, answer, <laughs> running wild over the grass. He will let no man handle him. There he goes, away down by the <laughs> ford, like a shadow among the willows. <laughs> and then Gandalf whistles and calls his name, and he, like, turns and speaks speeds toward the host like an arrow and next they head out and that's where things diverge from the movie quite a bit so i think we should go back to the movie yes i just i want to read the last line of this chapter which is that like the last um then the king raised his hand and with a rush like the sudden onset of a great wind the last host of rohan rode thundering into the west it's so good far over the plain eowyn saw the glitter of their spears as she stood still, 
alone before the doors oh. of the silent house. Oh. I'm literally going to cry. It's, it's just so, so tragic. It's so like, tragic. Eowyn has been in so many significant ways, like abandoned by the people around her. Abandoned by death, abandoned by retreat into the inner self, like literally left yeah. by her brother. Yeah. Yeah. It's really sad. So, in the movie. Back to so many horses. We, this is not a horse, this is during the Grima, uh, I guess not during, sorry, not during the Grima expulsion scene, but there's um, a scene when Theoden is coming back to himself, both in book and movies, where Gandalf suggests that he would remember the strength of his hands better if it gripped his sword. Oh, yes. And um, we did want to point this out because this is a recurring motif in Rohan. It's very cool. It's kind of double horse heads like touching nose to nose so it's it's almost heart shaped and that forms the guard of the sword which is very rad it's really good looking it's yeah it's very Um, good looking also we can't see it very well in this segment but we've seen it before amir's not to be like a sword gay on main um uh, but please be a sword gay on main amir's uh, has the same motif, but instead of being the two horse heads face to face, it's one per side. So it's like asymmetrical. And so his sheath is like cut to accommodate that, which is really cool. Mm. Swords. So Theoden goes outside mm-hmm. and we see a little white horse in the background. Yes, this is like Grima is like on the ground cowering. Yeah. This is one twenty three thirteen mm-hmm. in the movie. So only seven, six and a half minutes have passed since the last <laughs> horse we saw. Yeah. And there's just a little white horse um, saddled and tethered like in the courtyard in the background, like below where they're standing on the Yeah, we, we see him through the crowd, so we, we can't see all of him. And Joey pointed out, it's definitely a horse and not a pony. It doesn't have pony proportions or pony height, but it does seem to have Mm -hmm. um, kind of short legs. But like more like delicate petite than like the stoutness that ponies often have. Yeah, absolutely. What do you want to call this horse? Hope. Wow, that's that's such a (laughs) name for this little horse. Hope. I know. But it's interesting because like we've just come out of the hall. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there's just, I don't know, there's this little white horse in the distance and it's like ready to go. Like it's saddled and like tethered. And I don't know. It seems symbolic to me. I like it. I mean, that's definitely, it's a turning point. And then we see Grima like 32 seconds later on a black horse. Yeah, which is significant because we don't see that many, like, actually black horses, and they talk about how (laughs) the, like, aesthetically goth uh, forces of Sauron have pretty much, like, stripped Rohan of their black horses. I feel like we should- I wonder how- Yeah. I said what I said earlier about, like- movies being a visual medium right and like relying on visual imagery Mm -hmm. and sometimes that's great and sometimes i wonder if it's actually like harder to avoid kind of lazy shortcuts in movies than in books because we're relying on visual imagery because you have so much less time to convey information that you have to rely more heavily upon like the common denominator and I, 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 I don't think that's like an excuse for racism, for example. Yeah. But 
I don't know. I've been thinking about like what, like could, could you make a non-racist Lord of the Rings adaptation? That's one question that's been floating in my head. And two, the trope of like light versus dark is so endemic to fantasy. It is often not explicitly tied to race, but it's really hard to avoid that. Like when everything that is like good is, is signified by, you know, lightness and therefore whiteness and evil is darkness. Um, yeah. And if it's, it, if it's not tied and like, this is, this is very closely attached to that, but it's also very attached to like normative bodies. Like if it's not talking about like darkness or, or blackness, it's talking about deformity or it's talking about purity. Right. Yes. Like, you know, intact versus scarred skin or right. whatever it is. Associating light like actual light not the color Mm -hmm. not light colors but actual light with good makes a lot of sense as humans because light allows us to see things right it makes like a fear of the dark is a really like normal and understandable fear because Mm -hmm. it's like fear of the unknown fear of what you can't see but i don't know how to like escape that in fantasy or i mean i can imagine ways to do it but not a lot of people are are doing so. I I think there are certainly certainly ways to do it, but I think some of the fundamental structure stuff of story uh, of the kind of stories that fantasy likes to tell needs to change because it's like um actually Austin Walker had like a great quote about this. Um he was just quoted in the Washington Post about the the troubles with D&D and like fantasy mm. storytelling hinges upon being able to do a lot of violence to a lot of people and have that be morally uncomplicated and having like evil races is the lubrication that allows that to happen. I think one of the like big things that makes the genre what it is, is that conflict is uncomplicated. Conflict may be difficult and overwhelming and, and the odds may not be in your favor, but it is, it is uncomplicated. Um, right. The and, question of like, should we defeat those people is is not one that's really ever yeah, asked. Yeah, it's, and, it's always can we and not should we. <laughs> right. And I and I, so I don't I don't think you can tell those kind of stories or um, or you'd have to tell them carefully and in more creative ways than I can think of. When I think about Afrofuturist fantasy, it's and the conflicts therein, it's usually more like either against it's against oppression or like it's more about like the mechanics of like how is it okay to to like fight back Mm. um the fight itself is a foregone conclusion in fantasy and i feel like that can't be replicated easily and i like we don't talk a lot about this on i can't speak for you caitlin but on my part because I think it's important, but I don't like I'm a white person who is honestly like not that well read on like race theory and especially how that intersects with fantasy. So I just want to say like, we don't talk about it, not because it's not important, but because like, I think we, we, there are, we are not other people, people who yeah. are more like, <laughs> right, like, my voice is not the one needed here. But I don't want to like continue letting things go unsaid yeah go like be in a mission 
it's not implicit approval on our part. Right, right. We haven't <laughs> talked about this in several episodes, but we did when we were um, getting ready to put, put the podcast um, out there. We did put together like a Google Doc with some resources about like racism in fantasy that kind of touches on some of those topics. So if you're listening to this and feeling interested or um, uh, curious about this, like kind of conundrum, please feel free to check that out. Please feel free if yeah. you have good resources or if you or if you're knowledgeable about that topic please feel free to um tell us what to put in there we we have some things because it's a it's a question that we think about but that duck is linked in every episode description mm-hmm. but i would love to add more to it and i don't know um like yeah we, we found we found it kind of difficult there. to find we found it there's not a, a lot of resources that felt very close at hand there but I'm sure there's more stuff out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyways, I just, you know, have been thinking about all of that. I was just talking about how, like, I feel like what makes these books shine and last is, like, that, like, thread of humanity. But that lives side by side with, like, that same compelling, like, use of humanity is absolutely denied for, like, entire groups of people in a way that is really yes. frustrating. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, we got there because Grima is riding a black horse. Yes. Um, because he's evil. Because he's horse. evil. I think we should name this that's... horse Egress. Okay. And then we, we see an old friend, Geralt, arrives. Oh, yeah. With the, two, the two kids who, um, Eothane and Freyda, who escaped the um, slaughter of their village to bring news to Edoras that, heavy scare quotes, wild men of the north are attacking. Yes. Um, I... That's, that's, a, that's a fun little repeat for us. Good to see, good to see a friend again. Yeah, and uh, we get to see his face this time, which we did not previously. I was unsure at first if mm-hmm. it was even the same horse actor because he is, like, silhouetted enough that you can't see his color very easily. You just see a dark horse with a star. And I was like, wait, he didn't have a star before. But we never saw his We face. just couldn't see his face before. So... I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt and saying it is the same horse. He's a seal brown horse with a star. (laughs) Important horse update. Geralt has a star. Is a star and has a star. Great. Okay. My next movie note is (sighs) C diagram. Yeah. So this is, uh, this is where things start getting messy. There's kind of a, um, so what what's happening in the movie is Theoden decides to evacuate everyone to Helm's Deep. And so we get a lot of shots of characters preparing to leave Edoras. This group of horses, they're a bunch of guards, I guess not guards, everyone is kind of military adjacent. It's a bunch of dudes on horses in kind of like a V formation. I guess they're Rohirrim, right? Yeah. I mean, do you call every person from Rohan Rohirrim or is it Rohirrim, just Rohirrim I think very specifically applies to like the like fighters of Rohan. Okay. So yeah, so I would call anyone with like a helm on a horse Rohirrim or Rohirrim. But yes. Rohirrim is so cute. It's just, it's like a little soft bouncy yeah. word. Rohirrim. This moment is at one hour, 29 minutes and 12 seconds, if you want to see what the fuck we're talking yep. about, which will be a constant theme of this episode. But we're kind of going to start at the point of the V and work up the left wing. So in front... Oh, are we? Okay, great. 
That's that's how I have them numbered. No, that's fine. I just don't have them numbered. I just have it drawn out. Yeah, yeah, that's how I have them numbered. So I I would like to go that way. Yeah. In front, there is a bay horse with a little snip that has rear white socks and dark points in front, which is a great combo. That's what I also wrote. (laughs) Glad we're on the same page. (laughs) Listen, we can joke about that now, but like... Oh, we we have we have another thing coming. Just just you wait. What do we want to call this horse? He's at the front. He's leading. He's leading the flock. Ah, uh, like a mother hen. I was gonna say like a goose. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, that makes more sense. Let's call him Goose because it is a nice V. Yeah, or her. I feel like we gender all horses. We do. Male, except for a few exceptions. We should be better about that. Yeah. I have been having thoughts about that, too. That, like, any animal I see on the internet, I call a little man. And I don't fully know what that's about. Except maybe it's a way of interacting with masculinity (laughs) that doesn't feel threatening. Oh, that's a... That's... No, I I hear where you're coming from. I'm not like shouting you down, but that's right. <laughs> Boy, and uh, probably paired with a reluctance to be infantilizing about femininity. Yeah, right. Like I don't want every cute thing to be a a little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Th- there's definitely that's part of it. Like saying something is a little boy feels way less loaded to me than saying something is a little girl because of because we live in a society. I understand there, like that is not that is not like a perfect solution. Like I think this makes me think of like the like infantilization of like trans men. Yeah. Um, yes, definitely. And this is not like I am just saying some thoughts i've been having oh, that totally. are not in any way uh-huh like this is not this is not a manifesto about gender at large this is an observation no, about like i'm just i'm starting to try to like untangle these thoughts in my head and i have just like been very aware recently well, that should, of that should be quick and easy <laughs> of the way we gender animals and things Anyways, we could we could Goose. we could, we could apply the singular they to horses. Um, this horse is named Goose, and we love them. We love them. What's next? A white horse to the left. That's it. Just a white horse. Can't see a lot about it. It's got ears. It's got eyes and eyes and a nose. <laughs> <laughs> I went on a journey there. I'm not sure where. Well, what should we name this horse? Um. Uh. Okay, I have an no idea. idea. I have an idea. Yeah, okay. This is stupid. Yeah, what's, what's okay, so idea? you know how the king's horse is named Snowmane? Yeah. And also, like, a common suffix in Rohan stuff is Thane. What if we named this horse Snow Thane? Oh, yeah, I like that. Oh, wow. Okay. That was a, a softer pitch than I expected. Snow Thane. <laughs> Look, we have too many horses to name today to for picky. me to be stubborn yeah, about we, we, things. Uh, scruples are a luxury. Anyways, next yeah. horse. It's now also, we have another white horse that we, has no and distinguishing And we can't even really see it because it's mostly hidden behind the other horse. Snowthane the second. Okay, wait. Remember how in your game of Stardew Valley with your mom, you had 
cow named Beku. And, and Beck then, too. That's And then the second one was Beck too. I'm just I'm not sure what the analogue here is, but that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah, yeah, I was actually thinking very similar. It was something about like twin or shadow. Snow Sane. Mm. Snow Twain. Mm. Snow Twain Ah, yes, okay. There great. it is. Okay. Snow Sane and Snow Twain. Great. And then we have a darkish bay. Yeah, which is the last horse in the on the left side of this V. Just a good little yes. dark bay. I mean, so we've been very into baseball. Oh, yeah. And I root for the Baltimore Crabs. Um and of course in Baltimore Old Bay is uh a big a big deal especially who doesn't who doesn't about, who doesn't love the flavor? About crabs. Who doesn't right, love of the flavor? Old Bay. Old Bay. Uh, I mean Baltimore crabs talk more about the oldest bay. Um, <laughs> where the mother crab lives, I think. I don't. It's a whole thing. Anyways, <laughs> I feel like I feel like I can't know that as like a non-crab. Like I feel like you are sharing knowledge with me that was okay. not meant for me. The mother crab. Look, <laughs> she has many names. Old I Bay. Won't, will not speak any of the real ones. Thank you, please. Um, but that horse my, is my, named my Old Bay. My tender mortal ears. Old Bay, perfect. Uh, so this is. This is like kind yeah, of jumps back. Yeah, we to the back. other side of the V. Right. To the right of Goose. To the right of Goose. Um, and this is kind of a lighter bay. And we think it might have front points. It's a little hard to tell. There's a lot of horse legs. There's a lot going on. I... Wait, it wouldn't be a yeah, chestnut Yeah, I wrote points. chestnut or bay question mark I wrote, black points. It's a, it's a light but, bay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. then yeah. So it Did has I say to be chestnut? a bay. I don't know. You did not. I'm just looking at my notes, which said Chestnut or Bay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, a light, a light Bay with front points, we'll, I think yeah, is what we'll we call that. Tr- yeah. Trust the notes, you know? Yes. Um, um, great. Another, how about we name this horse Standard? <gasps> Love that. Cause it's, it's the factory made. That's very cute. That's a very a, cute. A Standard Bay. Yeah. And also it's nice because we've been talking about the Rohan standard. You oh, know, wait. Of the... Wait, I'm sorry. Should we oh, save shit. standard for the name of one of the horses that we will spend quite a bit of time on later that is actually carrying a standard? No. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Asked and answered. I love the authority. I love the confidence. <laughs> Moving on. Number six, a chestnut with front white socks and one rear sock. Yes, I've started drawing just like little circles <laughs> for socks, so it'll be like three circles in like an oh an like a backwards L. Are we creating <laughs> our own horse rooms? I it's like horse shorthand. Wow, stenography. Let's name this one stenography. Great. It's a little anachronistic, but maybe we could just name him Steno for short. Yeah. Okay. Um. So that's. One, two, three, that's four, five, six, six. Six horses down. Six horses. Um, and just a few seconds later, we see um, more background horses. Uh, there's a group of two this time. First, we have um, just a dark bay. Yeah, is that the mounted guard, like, behind Tama? Uh, yeah, yeah. Th- these Great. are both kind of, these are both behind Tama, but there's a bay and a chestnut. I have I a bay name wrote... locked and loaded. What about till because a bay is like the color of good tilled earth shout out to mr sam oh yeah and then 
Um, behind him, and this one is, like, very hidden by Hama, there's a chestnut which has gone to gray in its face. Um, and yeah. it seems, I wrote down, it, it struck me as kind of muley, its ears are kind of long, its nose is kind of skinny. Mm, yeah, 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 I remember that. I don't know about you, but my first riding instructor, really my only riding instructor, I only had one, loved using the word ornery. Oh, yeah, that's great. I love right? that. Ornery. Like, that horse is ornery. Yeah. It's interesting because that is a word that I was really unsure of how to pronounce for a long time because some people I heard say it ornery and some people said ornery. And it seems maybe it's just like a rural Oregon thing or a rural thing in general where like some of the more pronounced regional accents are often like horse people, yeah. you know, are often more rural and have those like more regional pronunciations. Ornery is of a word words. that my horse instructor and other horse people I know have used a lot. Yeah, it's like people love to call horses. It's not ornery. it's not like technically it's not like I wouldn't go so far as to say it's like jargon. It's not like a it's not it's like it's not a technical term, but it is interesting no. that it like shows up a lot there. Yeah. If you have a stubborn horse, people are way more likely to call it ornery than to call it stubborn. That's Perfect, especially with like muley. Yeah, because I was thinking, because mulish is like an adjective used to mean stubborn, right? And so that's. Next, this is as Gandalf and Aragorn are are walking towards the stables. Gandalf, this is the beginning of the conversation in which he tells Aragorn that he is leaving and that um, Aragorn is going to have to, you know, look after everyone by himself. Yeah. And there we can see in the background, there's an unsaddled white horse with its face armor on, which is like built into the, the, the bridle. bridle. So it's, it's bridled. Um, and we can't see much about it. Nope. Oh, oh, what about, oh, fuck. Now I'm blinking on it. There's a, there's a literary phrase for the, the freshly something snow that I always had an acorn for it when I was a kid. It's the freshly blank snow. Driven. The fresh, the freshly driven snow. Oh. You know? Interesting. Pu- yeah, like pure is the driven snow, blah, blah, blah. Um, so you're saying driven? Yeah. Is the name of this horse. Okay, yeah. great. Love it. Okay, and this is where... Oh, yeah. This we is where get... things get wet and wild, y'all. Because we entered the royal stables. And I let's, let's like, peel back the curtain just a little bit. Um, because... We we watch on different discs, and we had quite a bit of archiving to do. We decided to, like, do the archiving of the second disc first, because we had just finished watching, and then did the first disc second, so out of order. Right. And the second disc, um, there's, uh, like, battles. It's a lot more chaotic. And we were so excited about the stable, because it feels, it felt like yeah, a very structured... Horses, like, we can stationary, installs. Yeah, we were like, this is this is golden, baby. We made it. No. This stable <sighs> broke me. Is this a, stable is a multiverse. This stable represents at least three diverging timelines. <laughs> it's the yeah. physical anchor that binds them. Well, let's let's talk about the first one because that is relatively yeah let's talk about the the shape of the stable and explain the words that we're going to use to denote where horses are it's a stable so it's an aisle with 
paired stalls on either side of the aisle. So like a straight hallway with stalls on either side that are facing each other. Yeah, even in facing each other. So there are six stalls on each side and then a larger stall at the end of the hallway. Yeah, that's central. That's that's the one that Shadowfax is in. Yes, yes. And so we, in our notes, confusingly have split everything up. So if you are standing in Shadowfax's stall and looking down the aisle towards the entrance... Uh, the stalls on the right are at the right, the stalls on the left, and um, stall one starts at the door and works back towards Shadowfax. So, for instance, when we say stall R3, that's the stall on the right, three stalls back from the door. We really should have switched left and right because it I know, would make but it's too late now, but it's way too late. For one to we be cannot. like starting from the point you're standing at. I, I, I agree there are ways to do it that make more sense, but also. But this is how it is. We are here now, and I feel like it is much like Rohan, like it is too late for us to do anything but hole up in our defenses at Helm's Deep. Okay, so this first time we see it, we get this really beautiful tracking shot down the aisle. So Gandalf and Aragorn like walk down the length of the stable to Shadowfax's stall. There are all these little keyhole windows in the stall so we get this really bright strong backlit shot and it's like sideways down the entire right side of the stable. It's very pretty. Um so the horse that is in the first stall R1 is a bay with a star. That's Comet baby. Comet! Yes. Uh, next up, in R2, we have a liver sorrel with a big star and a snip, and it has a little white mark between the star and snip. Like a little stray, it's like a blaze that got cut up into bits. Do you want to remind people what a yes. liver sorrel is? Or a liver chestnut. We had a whole discussion about the difference between sorrel and chestnut and opted to never delve into that again. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's... Forbidden so knowledge. A, a, a chestnut horse is like that chestnut color, and it's like all that color, like coat and mane and tail are the same color. It can have white markings, but besides that, it's all the same. And a liver chestnut is like that, but darker, so kind of like a darkish brown. Sometimes it's almost like a weird gray maroon brown. I don't know how to describe it. The point is... The mane and tail are the same color as the rest of it, and it's mm-hmm. basically dark brown. What about, because I feel like it's little, like the thing that's most notable about it is it's little like broken up facial markings. They're they're like little stones in a stream or something. Well, we could name it pebble. We could mm-hmm. name it shards. <laughs> That's, I don't think that's the one. I was just thinking about, I'm just, I'm just, you know, free thinking here. We could give it like a friends at the table name or, or not even a friends at the table name. This is more like a, like racehorse name, but we could call it like the pebbled path or something. Oh yeah. I like that. The pebbled path. Old PP. Hey, that's polka dot Patterson. (laughs) Not everything is blaze ball. I miss blaze ball. Okay. Thank God. Everything is baseball. It's very important for the continued existence of Shadow Facts that there is one day a week that baseball doesn't happen so we can record Shadow Facts. Yeah, otherwise we would never do anything else. Okay. 
Um, after the pebbled path, we have This is R3 a... for those keeping track yes. of us. And we'll post pictures of the diagrams. I know it's kind of confusing in an audio medium. Yeah, you can post pictures of your diagrams. Mine look like <laughs> shit. Also, At least my stable diagrams. Some of my other ones are also, okay. Also, we reach a point very soon where the diagrams the diagrams can't help us. No. no it's bad. Um, okay, then there's a chestnut with a lighter mane. Yeah. Um, Caitlin described this mane as flaxen. I think that is an overstatement. It is just a lighter chestnut. Well, it's interesting because it's it's mane. It is a lighter chestnut than the body. That it struck me as very yellowy. I mean, if you think of Rastus slash Shane playing Bill, it was confusing because they had extensions and it was hard to tell, you know, what was what. But like a little more like that, like. Yeah. Chestnut-ish, but kind of blonder. Same kind of deal. Also a star. What if we named it like corn silk or something? Love it. Corn. Corn silk or corn? Um. Ah. <laughs> uh, mm, corn. Corn silk. Okay. That's a little nicer. Who do we have in R4? We have, this is actually a very striking horse. It's a gray dapple who has um, like a, a much darker body and a lighter face. It actually looks kind of similar to Aemir's horse, Firefoot, but yes, I don't, we know canonically that it's not Firefoot because Aemir is not here right now. And I, I yes. it doesn't, it, it's a similar coat, but I don't think it's the same horse. What do you want to call him? It. They? Them? <laughs> Um, we had Firefoot. What if this is Ironfoot? Love it. Uh, who's an R5? A chestnut with a blaze mm-hmm. and a left front coronet and a right front sock. Let's name this horse Dainty Socks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm open to other possibilities. No, no, it- uh, you shouldn't be, because you shouldn't second-guess okay. perfection. And last, this is the last... Oh, oh, actually, let's go across the aisle really fast. So, um, like I said, this is kind of like a parallel... This is a tracking shot moving parallel to R1, so we can really only see the stalls on this side. At this point, the camera cuts. We're kind of at an angle, and for the first time, we can see a stall on the opposite side, and there's a horse in there. We're still seeing that stall kind of from behind it, it's like we're in a passageway up ahead and kind of back. So we're looking, you know, like over that horse. Yes. And this, this um, is L5. So it's directly across from the aisle from Dainty Socks. And it's a very yes. red chestnut uh, who yeah. has kind of a skinny jaw and neck. Like a very, a very yeah, slim profile jaw. Skinny neck, narrow cheek, pretty dark little white star. I like I narrow also cheek. Wrote very red chestnut. Narrow <laughs> that feels, cheek. Narrow cheek feels uh, in line with dainty socks since we're veering into like warrior cat names. Yeah, great narrow cheek. Is there's a is how do you, do you spell know cheek? Sp- C H E E K. I got thrown thinking there was another C in there. Oh yeah. I don't no. know. I'm. It's. Anyways. Uh, it's one of those words that looks very weird suddenly weird. if you think about it for more than a split yeah, you, second. Yeah, you have to do it on muscle memory, otherwise you're fucked. Yes. Yeah, do not gaze upon that word for too long. <laughs> do not. 
Okay, and then back to our six, mm-hmm. we have our favorite horse color these days, seal brown Woo! with a blaze that is great. It is shaped like a question mark, basically. Yeah, like it, it's it, it this really kind is. Of big question mark shape, and then like the dot is like a little, just a little bit of white. What if we name this horse Query? Oh, love that. Great. So we have Comet, the Pebble Path, Corn Silk, Iron Foot, Dainty Socks, Narrow Cheek, and Query. I have spelled Query as like queer. That's incorrect. Query. Nope. Only one E. <laughs> Doing great. Okay. And this, <laughs> this is where things start to really go sideways for us. So Gandalf gets on Shadowfax and then rides Shadowfax right out of the stable, like up the same aisle that we just walked out, except the horses are different. The horses are different. A great shot there, but yes, it's a suddenly, great shot, but the horses are different. Suddenly we are looking at different horses. So this is this is timeline this is timeline two. That that which we just finished is Royal Stables Gen 1. We are now in Royal Stables Gen 2. This is important because there is some time slippage between them. But for now, Royal Stables Gen 2. I just want to read a line from the book to give us a, a quick mental break before please, um, please. this. This happens a little later in the book because Gandalf doesn't leave the rest of them until like after they've been traveling for a little bit. But it is about Shadowfax like galloping away. He spoke a word to Shadowfax, and like an arrow from the bow, the great horse sprang away. Even as they looked, he was gone. A flash of silver in the sunset, a wind over the grass, a shadow that fled and passed from sight. Snowmane snorted and reared, eager to follow, but only a swift bird on the wing could have overtaken him. (sighs) But I love the image of, like, like an arrow from the bow. Yeah. He sprang away is incredible. Yeah, I do really like that. Back to the back to the stables. Gen two. Okay, so I think it makes sense to work backwards, like start at R six and work towards the oh, front boy. because we're following the yeah. path that Shadow Fast. Okay. Yeah, sure. Sure. Does sure, that work sure. for you? Uh yes. Okay. This is so in R six we have the dark horse with the white stripe right who is not query who was just in there in the last shot even though they are contiguous no this is a stripe that very much like starts like from the lip or nose and goes up and my in my notes i say oh wait oh yeah 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 okay sorry i'm talking i'm confusing it with another horse which also has a blaze um which is r3 we'll get there what do you we could call this horse Streak? Yeah, sure. Streak. And this time around, R5, where previously Dainty Socks was, is empty. Interestingly, though, Narrow Cheek is, like, kind of the constant that holds the multiverse together. Narrow Cheek is still in his stall in R5. L5. Narrow Cheek is in L5. Thank you. Oh, boy. We're in it. Do not confuse us. In R4, I just have written Handsome Bay. I think we should call him Handsome. Sorry, I had a pen in my mouth. We should call um, 
we should call him handsome. I think this is the one we said was very um, racehorse looking to us. Yeah, you said thoroughbred and I said racehorse. It, it has like that very yeah. clean, athletic cut with like very erect ears, um, like a, a nicely arched little neck and like uh, right behind, like where its ears connect to its neck. It just looks, it looks slick and fast. If you've seen a picture of a thoroughbred, it looks like that. Yep. Handsome. Okay. And then in R3, I have a black with blaze and a skittish eye. Yes, yes. This is the yeah. side eye So, horse. yes, we see, right, we see the first shot of this horse, like, it's kind of when horses are a little spooked or whatever, they often kind of roll their eyes and you see, like, the white of their eye. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've ever seen a picture of my dog Albert giving side eye, it's very similar, but Albert does it when he's totally relaxed and horses do it when they are nervous. We should name this horse Wary. Usually. Wary. Okay, great. And then in R2, we have another white We have another white horse. White horse? Yes, white horse. Yes. Too many white horses. S- snow, it's not like Snow Snow Main 3 the return. <laughs> Uh, snow thrice. <laughs> I'm into I think we should. I think. Okay, great. Snow thrice. Snow thrice. Um, and then R1 is empty. So yes. we see Narrow Cheek again this time, but we only have four new horses. Snow thrice, wary, handsome, and streak. Yeah, because one and five are both empty. Yeah. On the right side. Yeah, and then Gandalf leaves the stable. And then we are still in the stable. This is the introduction of Brago. And Aragorn is here. Eowyn is here. But it is my heaviest, my heaviest burden to tell you that the stables have changed again. This is when all hell breaks loose. Partly because we're not just looking at a clean shot. And partly because horses are being moved around. There in are like a in completely aisle. nonsensical there way. There are horses coming in and out they of the are stalls. Playing musical stalls. It's really nuts. I mean, it's very much like they're like, okay, we it need... It needs to look busy. ...what looks like busy horse movement in right, the background. Right, because this is, this and is so again like all during from... the evacuation of Edoras. Yes, but, and what oh is happening in the foreground is Aragorn seeing Brago for the first time. Let's, shall we talk about Brago first? Let's please. Brago can be an island for us in these trying times, and then we'll dive back into the chaos. One thing I discovered is that the name Brago, like the name Garolf, which they stole from a human book character and gave to a horse in the movie, was also a human in the books. He was the son of Aorl, who I think built Meduselt. So, that's Brago's namesake. So, Brago, there's, like we said, they're, they're kind of moving horses around. Brago, in our first introduction, is a horse who is clearly in distress. Like, the horse is, is um, making unhappy horse noises and is rearing and kicking. He has two leads, both being pulled by, like, opposite stable hands. Yeah. He's, he's really being yanked around not in a way that i think is like 
painful or distressing for him because he is a horse actor who is well-trained, but in a way that is intended to look like he is being a lot more um, wild and unpredictable than he is. I mean, if I saw this happening to an actual horse... Yeah, I would be like, you, I like, would be like stop, stop what you're doing. Stop yanking on him like you are escalating the situation, not yes, him. Yes, exactly, exactly. My old horse star hated being tied up. So it's it's pretty common to, you know, have like a, a lead rope on, like clipped to a horse's halter and then like tie it to a fence post or whatever while you are like grooming and saddling them um uh it's best to do that you tie it like with a slip knot so that you can quick release that knot if you ever need to if a horse starts pulling the knot will come undone of its own accord without getting yeah basically like the last piece you put through you keep it looped instead of putting it all the way through so that you can you can yank on that bit but if star realized that he was tethered he would freak out yeah and just like pull and pull and pull and then like sometimes you could get the slipknot undone but it was hard to like even get in there and so i would like put the lead rope on him and just like put it over a fence so it gave like really slight resistance it was just enough to kind of keep him tethered but it had give if he pulled and so he wouldn't spook a horse with good ground manners will like stay where it is put like if the reins are dropped or if the line is is dropped so it's not about actually physically restraining the horses it's more like giving them acceptable parameters yeah um but it I don't know. It kind of reminded me of this. Yeah, yeah. This scene reminded me of that because, like, probably if you just stop yanking, he would immediately be fine. Relax. Yeah, it reminds me of I for a while um, after Bozeman. Bozeman was like a little, as I was getting taller, Bozeman was like a little too small. Not for me to ride. Horses are very strong, but um, like in dressage, yeah. the thing that you have to pay attention to is like the aesthetic or whatever. And so Bozeman was too short for me to look proper on. And so I switched Mm -hmm. from 14 hand Bozeman, which is not pony size. That is, that is a horse. Like the cutoff for a pony is I think like 13, 13, 13 and a half Uh, hands or something. Yeah. It's more complicated than that, but that's usually the case. Yeah. Sometimes horses that are taller count as ponies. There are genetic differences, but like it is horse sized and not pony. I'm just trying to like give people like who don't. Yeah. It's horse sized, but like a a shorter horse and I am not short. Uh, So like the confirmation Mm -hmm. wasn't quite right. So I switched from riding Bozeman to uh, a 18 hand thoroughbred, which is a tall fucking horse named Pluto who had wretched ground manners wretched very touchy very ornery Uh, i would put him like in the double head stalls to groom so he would have like get clipped on either side of his halter to like hold him in the middle of the aisle and he would get so sour about it (laughs) it's like pluto Mm -hmm. please (laughs) he was yeah he was not a very fun horse he's he's like one of the only horses Mm -hmm. i've ever ridden who i was like a little bit scared of um, cause yeah. he was just, we were not a good fit. He was very bitey, which I really don't like in horses. That's scary. Yeah. Oh, 
Anyways, okay, yeah. So Brego, who yeah. is is not those, um, and you can tell Aragorn is the protagonist of like the CW movie about like the girl who tames horses because he yes. has an immediate connection to this horse. Like he starts speaking to it in Elvish and waves off the the hostlers um, and unties his leads, and you know Brego is is kind of calming and gentling as Aragorn. Talks to him. Yeah. What does Brago look like, Joey? Yeah, they have a really nice moment. It's, it's really nice. Um, Brago is a dark bay horse. Um, so in many ways, similar to the seal brown that we've been talking about, but he doesn't get quite as light in certain regions. We He kind of tricked us in this first shot because his color looks really variegated and kind of splotchy yes and we determined that's primarily because he's sweaty (laughs) and also he's in weird lighting none of of us look our best selves when we are sweaty you know he's very sweaty um, sweaty. in this scene and i think for non-horse people they're like wait horses get sweaty yeah Yeah, they get sweaty when you unsaddle a horse they are usually sweaty under you can literally see like the 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 outline of the the sa- of like the saddle cloth and the girth, um, and it makes yes. their their um, hair look darker, and so that is kind of happening yes. un- unevenly like across his like neck and chest in a way that it kind of tricked us about what his color is. Yeah, he also has a white star, a pretty substantial one. Yeah, would you say? Yeah, yeah. and he has just like a little bit of joey is touching their own nose for for clarification for you to see um he had like a like not quite a snip but just like a little whisper of white somewhere a little milk mustache yeah and he also has rear Um, socks right sure i we can't i don't know if we've seen that yet we do have it in this other picture of him that is in our chat uh, yes, he has rear socks. That is correct. Sorry, spoiler for at some point when we see Brago in the future, he has rear socks. I, I Apologies from the podcast. <laughs> we don't know that canonically I'm so, yet. I'm sorry. But yeah, looking at this picture again, he's a bay. He's not as dark in this picture as he looks in that staple part part scene. of it is i was describing the kind of keyhole lighting it's really yeah. it's really beautiful lighting but it it's like intense light and dark shadows so it's uh, all of these colors are like we're working with a margin of error here because it's it's they look very very different from shot to shot yeah. depending on where they are in this like intense spectrum of lighting but he does have like a good sized white star big splotch on his forehead and that's for that's has, that's um, um you know how horses get stars uh how it's not um is it from kissing their damn it <laughs> damn it you fucking sniped me i'm sorry no I, it's good i've yes it's from smooches continue wow okay <laughs> um he also has a little white uh a little not white um a little scar above his right right eye and that's Brago. That's Brago. And this is actually like this is who Brago is. We we get introduced to Brago here, and then he's gone. Um, Aragorn says to turn him out because oh, uh, sorry. First, it's revealed Eowyn is there, like watching oh, him yeah. be his horse boy self, and very into it. And he asks yeah. her what the horse's name is. She says Brago. He says to the horse, an Elvish, your name is Kingly. <laughs> 
Eowyn says that he, uh, Brego was Theodrid's horse, her cousin who died. Oh, right. Yeah. Yes, I had totally forgotten about that. And yeah. then Aragorn says to set him loose because he's seen enough of war. And so they they set Brego loose. Goodbye, Brego. Do you, do you have thoughts about that? Like setting a domesticated horse just free in the wild? Um, I mean, I feel like in this instance, it's fine. Like, I feel like why that wouldn't work now are like modern, like cars. Right. Horses are such, like, horses don't live by themselves in the wild. Like, horses are part of herds. And the main function of those herds is, like, teaching each other how to survive. So, like, those are very much skills that that horse could, it's not like a jaguar or something where, like, if it doesn't know how to survive by itself, it's fucked. Like, those are skills that the horses can be, like, socialized to learn. It is, I mean, it does make me think, like, like, when I was younger, I read, like, My Friend Flicka, mm. um, and whatever the sequel is, and, like, that, those horses, even though they're domesticated, right, they're, like, kept on a ranch, they function in many ways as wild horses. Right. The majority of the time, right? Yeah. They have, like, miles of land that they are just, like, roaming free on most of the time. Yeah, I and... guess, I guess that's, like... Horses can be, like, put out to pasture where it's essentially just, like, the end of their working life. But I guess I, it's hard to say there, actually, because, like, we don't have that equivalent of, like, you can't just go, like, put a horse in the woods, <laughs> you know? You know? No. Um, and, like, horses that are put out to pasture are still, like, still have, like, shelter and, like, hay yeah. provided to them yeah. and water and things. And I, I, mean, I guess I'm assuming that, like, Rohan horses are maybe i mean domesticated sort of differently i guess well also and that he's fine i think part but... of it is like with rohan it's like they have this huge track of land and like all of those i would suspect that they think of all of those horses of theirs whether or not they're domesticated so they might be like there's some amount of like stewardship there even if those horses aren't like yeah that's possible but I might be yeah. I might be totally wrong here. It might be like with wild birds where like once they have any exposure to yeah. humans, pretty much uh, they can't survive on their own. But I don't know. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that before. That's yeah. interesting. I just that's that It does feel like a, a sweet moment of empathy because bad things happen to horses in this world a lot. It's true. And I mean the like when Aragorn says like he's seen enough of war he doesn't get to be set free. Yeah. You know, he has so much war in front of him still. And it's yeah, kind of a. I mean, it. I don't it know. Is, He's like giving something else freedom that he can't have. It's also kind of interesting because like war is like the mechanic for glory in this world. Like it's an acknowledgement that like war breaks and fundamentally alters people and things. Like in a society yes. that is very much like Theoden is like I'm gonna like I'm gonna go die in battle because it will like cement my name or whatever so it it is kind of an interesting yeah yeah okay we should we so need that's, to that's brago you and could now say we, have we to need talk to giddy up all of the other horses in hey joey you the hey joey you could say that we need to i heard you hit the, the dusty time. trail <laughs> <laughs> time to kick this walk into a trot if you know what i'm saying <laughs> oh my god rain it in <laughs> okay so <laughs> Um, I 
let's don't even know. Okay, so let's finish let's finish what we can see oh. from the shots of Brago. We'll finish these kind of stalls and then we'll get into the more moving parts. Yeah. Brago is an L1, so he's the opposite side of the aisle that we've spent most of our time on the right side of the aisle. He's an L1, first stall mm-hmm. on that side. Nearest the entrance. Yes. The stall next to him, yeah. L2, is empty. Next to that, an L3, is a light horse with a dark nose. At first we thought it was a white horse, but we see him more in um, a later shot, and he kind of has light dapples, like down his throat and chest and i assume the rest yeah and kind of like that small that like flea bitten dapple yeah yeah look. it's um yeah. inconsistent but yeah definitely like white ish with a gray muzzle yeah uh what do you want to name this horse grit. great no grit <laughs> uh, anyways <laughs> um okay in l4 we have a bay and i just wrote big boy yeah, I wrote tall. Yeah, you can see that he's taller than a lot of the horses around him. Mm-hmm. Once again, we've already used who's that big man. Um, do you... I don't know. Do you have thoughts here? The big bay. He's tall. He... Statue? Statues are tall. Tree! Trees wait, are tall! Wait. What's that... What's that? The Argonaut? What's that sculptor's name? The one no. school. Wow, this is a bad... The Italian one who makes the sta- the horse statues? The Ita- oh, the... We talked about Oh, 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 the, like, the chunky ones. Let me... Hold on. Let me look at our DMs really fast. You know, actually, I'm just gonna Google search chunky horse sculpture. Okay, if you search chunky horse, the first thing that pops up is chunky horse for sale. Hmm. This is not what I want. Oh, fuck. oh wow those are some chunky horses <clears throat> those are some chunky horses man i just i just did this like reverse image search to get this sculptor's name last time and we said it on the podcast out loud last time so i don't know why it has disappeared from my mind <laughs> oh i can see one of the statues i just it's not the name is Fernando Botera, and I think we should name this horse uh, Botero Fernando. with an O. Yes, Botero. Yeah, I like that. But I think we should name this horse Fernando. Very into it. He, like, is tall and does not match any of the other, like, is not a, a particularly, like, bulbous horse. Sorry, Fernando. He is, he is not nearly the thick horse. So after Fernando... We can see both sides of the aisle because we are looking down the middle. Uh, and there are two horse repeats. In R2 uh, is... White. Yeah. The white horse, Snow Thrice, right? Yep, yeah. is Snow Thrice. And then also... Oh, I, I thought... Were you saying Snow Thrice? I thought you were saying wait. No, I was saying white. Oh, that... Okay. I see what's happened. Wow. And then I was like, why are you stopping? <laughs> Oh my god! Because you thought I said wait. Okay, we're doing we got, great. Got. And then on R six um, is also the same as Gen two, which is the dark horse with the white blaze, which is streak. And this is the end of structure and order as we know it. Unfortunately, in the aisle. In the aisle. Uh, we have a bay with white on like the left half of its nose. Mm-hmm. 
black points no socks. That's what I wrote. It does have a very cute nose because it's not like it doesn't go any higher. It's just like if it had like a nose band on beneath that, just like down the middle, half of it. Is it's white. very cute. So that horse is in the aisle and gets, it doesn't matter too much for identification because this is not consistent in the scene as much as we wished it would be. Um, but it is led from the aisle and put into L2, the stall next to Brago. What do we want to call yeah. this horse it's got such a distinctive little nose marking splotch yeah i don't know i'm i'm not opposed to splotch i feel like there's something i want there about being like half and half or like mismatched or something Mm, yeah i would like that also i just don't know what it is let's just do splotch i mean gemini the classic two-faced there it is Perfect. There it is. We, you know? Great. Okay. Gemini the horse. Gemini the horse. I just want to say that I am a Gemini and I say the two-faced thing with a grain of salt and can say that because I am a Gemini. <laughs> um, none of it is real and I say this, I say this out of self-defense because of the, otherwise my, like, horoscope is too hurtful. <laughs> as, a, as a Leo Scorpio Leo, I am choosing not to believe the mean things said about me by the stars. Yeah, don't. Next, I have a very coppery chestnut, uh, which is also in the aisle and is led into R3. Great. (laughs) Is that the one we just see, like, the back half of? Yeah. Okay, that would explain the note I have that just says chestnut butt in R3. Chestnut butt. Wow. Chest butt. (laughs) We're naming this horse Rear Guard. (laughs) Great. Coppery chestnut led into R3. Rear guard. I'm very pleased with that. Who do you have after that? I have a fr- I have uh, a frantic note. This is like really where like I started to fray here, trying to impose law and order upon upon these time traveling horses. Yeah, I didn't try to impose law and order as much, which means that I have my diagram, but I have no notes of like what order we saw these horses in. Yeah. So I have a dark horse with a white snip. I'm pretty sure this is the horse that, like, so in one cut, they, like, lead that chestnut into R3, and in the next cut, there's a different horse in R3. Mystery dark horse. And I'm pretty sure it's okay. that horse. I have a, a really novel idea for a name here. Ooh. What if we call it Snip? Because <laughs> it has a snip. I love it. Um, Have we already done that? That, that feels... Let me let me search really fast. That feels it feels familiar to me. No, I don't think we have. Snip it is. Okay, my note says after this, Brago backed into a stall. The physics oh, yeah, are this fucked. Is... And then I have two more horses in this scene. Um, it doesn't even really matter where we see them because again, there's no, no like what it continuity. looks like is that Brago like comes out into the aisle, they back him up. And then he's suddenly back in his stall and you can see horses in stalls that to the other side of him. Stalls that should not exist. stall there. So yeah, it's very, it's very confusing. The kindest way of interpreting that is that they back him into a different stall. Like across the aisle. Really, it's just bad continuity. And so we will talk about these horses and say that they exist in a pocket dimension. <laughs> Does the pocket dimension get added to the count? 
We have to. We yeah. have to. Yeah. Yeah, of course. We see we, them on screen. We see them. So the one next to, closest to Brago is, I wrote, a delicate bay with oh, a hint of a star. I wrote delicate little bay. Oh, wow. What if we call this bay Whisper? Because <gasps> earlier I said Cute. someone had a whisper of white, but it's, it's hint of a star is really like a whisper of a star. I'm so into that. Whisper. That's, I love okay. that. Okay. Oh, okay. I have unintentionally and spelled little here, L-I-T-T-E-L, delicate little bay. Uh-huh. I'm keeping it. Great. And then we have a black horse. Oh, this is this is the one that we described as very thoroughbred-y. Oh, okay. Well, fuck. Yeah, I thought we I thought we got those mixed up. So that other ho- fuck that that handsome bay was handsome for non looking like a racehorse reasons. Right. Yes. And yes, that makes more sense. Because I was like, I remember thinking it looked like a racehorse, but I don't, that's not actually the kind of horse that I generally think is particularly good looking. Like it's a good looking horse objectively, but not like to my personal taste. So that makes more sense. The handsome bay was handsome for the reasons I think horses (laughs) are handsome. And the black horse is racehorse handsome. What should we name him? Uh, I feel like he needs, like, because he's, like, handsome and slick and athletic, he needs, like, kind of an arrogant name. Jet. <laughs> yes! <laughs> D- no one knows what jets are in this world. I love it. Well, jet is also, like, a black gemstone, you know? Oh, is that where is or... that where that jet is a gemstone? Yeah, I don't know if it's actually a gemstone or if it's just black glass, but jet, like, jewelry is a thing it's mm. it's a black stone or glass used for oh, I, that's so interesting i'm wondering where like all of sure. like jet is in like fast because have you heard of like jet black yeah yeah of course that's right yeah that's i'm just i'm curious that. about like where the etymological branches that also means like a rapid stream of liquid and like a jet aircraft yeah jet hard black semi-precious variety of lignite capable of being carved and highly polished Oh, well, jeter is French for to throw. Oh, um, okay. And then we have like jut out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also was like jet meant jut out in the late 16th century. I mean, before that, it was just serre or jeter in Latin, which also meant to throw. But that's that's definitely the origin of the like jet, jet, jet stream, like spurts, right? right yeah. Um, I don't know if the stone came from that also or not oh wait from anglo-french geet or jeet or old french jayet also comes from latin gagates and from greek gagates lithos which represented the location of this mineral Mm. so i think the mineral was probably found somewhere with a stream of water Right, so, something yeah. along those lines, and, um, and that's yeah, yeah, because those those Greek and Latin that. roots feel geyser adjacent. Um, yeah. interesting. Okay, we we okay. have to keep we have well, to keep. Well, that's been a fun etymological. Uh, Listen, Tol- Tolkien would approve of our like linguistic meandering here. 
Um, it's it's true. Oh, oh, there was. So, oh, hold yes. on. I'm sorry. Really fast. There, There is a moment that I do want to, I have to circle back to really fast because Tolkien is a linguist. Mm-hmm. And we both have an interest mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the mm-hmm. first time that, it's when uh, Aragorn speaks the Rohirrim language. Oh, yes, yeah. And Legolas observes of it. That, I guess, is the language of the Rohirrim, said Legolas, for it is like to this land itself. Rich and rolling in part, and else hard and stern as the mountains. Which I just like. Yeah, that's a neat, a neat way to describe language. Um, um onwards. is that all the stable horses? Yeah, <laughs> we made it, Joey. We made it out of the stables. Oh, thank the Lord! All of that, all of that, um, was like three minutes of on-screen time, and just so many horses. So many horses. So now what's happening in the fiction is the the trail of people is starting to actually leave Edoras. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. And I have my own diagram for that too. So first, first though, before we get to the diagram, we see one horse like from inside the gates of Edoras oh, yes. looking out. Um, there's a there's little a bay yeah, like being a little saddle with bay. The refugees. Yep. Yes. What do you want to call that one? Refuge. Yeah. Refuge. Now, now horses it's time. are a refuge. Oh, horses are. I want to. I want to go there. I want to be there. Yeah, yeah. Um, instead of um, archiving horses. Mm-hmm. Now it's diagram time. Diagram o'clock, baby. Yes. So, do you want to go from closest to farthest away? I don't have right. Yeah, I don't have a diagram. I did not make a diagram. Okay. I, I have a diagram. Um, we did kind of talk through them closest to farthest away for the most part. So first we have kind of to the right of the path, we have a bay Mm -hmm. with a white blaze and white boots. Yeah. And it has those like hairy, feathery fetlocks again. Draft horsey. Looks like, looks like a big horse. There's I also person in armor I wrote on it. the word nose like it says white blaze and then nose so I'm guessing that the blaze is like very much like goes all the way like it's over interesting its, I feel like nose. sometimes we get these like weird little groupings of horses and in this yeah. shot we get several instances of like horses that have a really wide blaze like it it, it extends kind of over the top of their nose and down to the sides yeah. of their face and is so it's very wide and it's cut off by their face armor so I'm thinking that's probably what that's about oh yes yes thank you for reminding me yes yeah we are inferring the presence of the rest of that blaze all we can see of it is the white right nose right yeah which is cut, cut off, off under the yes yeah. okay what shall we name that horse i don't know it, it seems like big and draft horsey to me something about farm boy <laughs> yep that's it farm boy one word yeah farm boy like farm boy fetch me that pitcher of water <laughs> is that a thing you say a lot joey no, but it's a thing they say in The Princess Bride. Yeah, okay, true. That's all. Okay. <laughs> Up next, batting for the... Look, if, if like, I would be the farm boy. I'm not ordering farm boys around. Like, I'm the farm boy in that scenario. I mean, listen, you can be a farm boy and also order farm boys around, you know? Oh, yeah, farm boy for farm boy. <laughs> mm. 
Um, okay, horse number two. I'm so distraught. I've got my pin caught in my hair. Uh, horse number two. Um, it's a dark, it's a dark horse. It's, it's a dark this horse. Is, so this shot, we should actually set up this shot so people kind of know what we're talking about. This is at 134.03. It's a big wide shot of like the whole procession of people spilling out of Edoras. It's quite far away. Yeah, and there's kind of this winding path. It like starts in the top right of the screen coming out of the gate of Edoras, tracks to the left of the screen along the wall, and then comes... Yes, and then comes right, and then kind of starts curving again or straightening out, like really into the foreground, I think. Okay, so we've had one. Two, which is kind of just around that curve closest to us, Mm -hmm. but still on the like right side of it, which is now almost behind it. Um, there's a dark horse. I, that's all I have about that horse. I have horse. a suggestion. Kind of a different direction than we've gone before. Uh-huh. Charles. Wow. That really is a different direction. Is that too different? I love is it. Is that too different? No, no. It's great. Okay. Next. Love it. Farm boy Charles. So next is kind of right behind Charles. Mm-hmm. It's now farther along the path because we've kind of skipped over a whole curve of it. Going back from Charles, we have a bay pack horse. Yeah, with a little star. Is that in the path then? No, it's standing just to the side of the path. Yes, with a star slash stripe is what I wrote. I think it had like a star that, like a disconnected stripe. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's um, like a technical term for that. Yeah, I don't what know. What do you want to name the pack horse? Um, Steady, reliable, old faithful. I like I like steady yeah. actually. That's nice. Steady. Okay, next. And then four our order gets a little weird here. Four I have is further to the right um is another Rohirrim on a bay with a blaze. Yeah, I have the same. And it's that similar like it's a it's a wide blaze cut off by face armor. Yes. Blaze exactly. two. Blaze it. <laughs> Um, oh, what if we name this horse Blaze, like the name B-L-A-I-S-E? Is that a name? Yeah, it's like a very English name. Okay, yeah. Love it. You know, I said this was a very English name. I think that is not true. I mean, it like it's spelled like Blair, but with an S instead of an R, yeah. right? That's what you're... Yeah. Although I guess sometimes Blair doesn't have the E on the end. Blaze name. Blaze is a French and English name. Oh, yeah, that makes from sense. From St. Blaise. Okay. Because in French, it would be Blaise. Wow. Fr- pronounced just like that. I love French. <laughs> Blaise. Um, yeah, Blaise. Okay. And then we have Garolf, who I didn't number, but he no. is in the procession. The yeah, that was on the path. This was a you great see the spot two kids on him. by you. Thank you. You know, my dad, when I was little, called me Eagle Eyes because I would like spot like tiny tree frogs and things. And that's why we call you Legolas. Yeah. yeah. As everyone does. Mm-hmm. Horse number five is a chestnut with rear white socks. It is on the other side of the path now, sort of behind. Uh-oh. I think our numbering systems diverge. Really? Yeah. What's what's your horse number five? One through four match, and then I have Garolf unnumbered, and then for five, I just have Dark Horse. Oh, that's because we initially thought it was dark and later oh, realized so, it was Oh, because chestnut. we see it in another shot. You're totally right. Thank you for reminding me. Okay, so it's a chestnut yes, with... it is. We are rear white socks. Ch- okay. 
Chestnut with rear white socks. Um, yeah. What do you want to call this this horse? Chestnut in French is marron, like M A R R O N. Oh, that's very cute. Uh, which I've been Marin? reminded of. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So let's let's I'm name it that. Very into that. After that, I have another bay with a big blaze. Yes, that's number six, which is back and to the left a little bit of number five. I feel like we should name this horse Blunt. Great. Then we kind of jog back to the right, farther up the path from Geralt, and then like to the front of the path. We have another Rohirrim on a bay. Yes. With a white nose and black points. Wow. And you you have that one as eight or a seven. Mm. I have... A reddish chestnut as seven, oh, and then that second. horse that no, you just described I think, as eight. Uh, I just want to. I don't have a diagram, no. so I am. I'm trusting you. I just want to not confuse myself. This one, we also we we thought this one was initially chestnut, also, and then realized it was a bay. Oh, okay. Number seven. Number eight is the one that has. The oh, they're, they're so striking against like the points. Very yeah. Okay. Very distinct. Okay. So yes. Yeah. We until thought we got the closer look first, in the secondary and then we shot. realized was a bay because of the black points and again a white nose, presumably blaze. Let's name this horse. Wait, what's the thing where something looks one color and then another color? When it looks one color and then another color, <laughs> like iridescence is that what i'm thinking i think i'm just thinking of like iridescent fabric you know that is like one color in one light and then you like shift it and it it's like simultaneously like two colors maybe like i think of iridescence specifically as being about like shininess like shininess is inherent Mm, yes i think it's also shininess but the thing that is the color shifting like that makes it iridescent and not just shiny is the color shifting. But I agree that that's maybe not the right term for a horse that we thought was. One I'm looking up color shift synonyms. Multicolored synonyms. Color shift synonyms gives me color change. Color change with color spelled differently. That's not very helpful. Incredible. Ooh, what about luster? That's more about shininess too. It's, it's yeah, more about like shininess, luster. but it's kind of cute. Yeah, but it's, that's, horses can have luster. Yeah, totally. Like, perlinos and whatnot. Luster. And then lastly, we have, Joey just mentioned, this horse is really striking. Yeah. Um, it's a bay well, that has, like, we said white bay initially, and then I modified it to seal brown at some point. Okay. I f- it's a brown, it's a brown horse yeah. that has, the important thing about it is not its base color, it's that it has dark points with white boots over those dark points. Yes. So like the brown kind of has a gradient down black as you go farther down yeah. its legs and then a very stark cut to white, which is really Yeah, cool and it's looking. like a really like bright white and their boots, so they're taller, they're like knee height. The horse's left front and both rear legs have those boots. I feel like this horse should be like something about being like shod or girded. I mean, there's... A very obvious name, which is Boots. I feel like Boots diminishes how striking this marking is because we both were like so enamored with it. Boots yeah, feels okay. like... Okay, what if we name it Cinderella because it's wearing these very striking shoes, but it's missing one. <laughs> oh my god. Fine. Cinderella. Cin- Cinderin. 
Ella. Yep. <laughs> uh, if Cinderella was a horse, would she lose one shoe at the ball or two? <laughs> it is 50% of the shoe, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I don't know. We don't have nope. we don't have time for okay. these heady these heady questions. Okay, so there are eight new horses. The, in that no, scene. there's one more. Oh wait. Okay, so I there's one like in the gateway that is a bay, but I think we d- we decided that that is the bay that that was the horse from the first. Yes, shot. that is being led when we're seeing it from inside the gate. So yes, eight new horses plus girls. And that's that. And then um, immediately after that, we get kind of a closer up shot, which is how we were able to change some of the colors on those horses. As the procession continues, we see the king and his retinue, like, crest over the hill. That's when we see, like, Snowmane for the first time. And we see Hama and Gambling on their horses. So, like, the order is Theoden in the center. Snowmane and Hama and Gambling on their chestnuts. And then Hasufel and Arad. Right, which is the first time that we have seen those horses. Oh, right. Not, I mean, not we, because we did the order backwards. So we have to go snag those descriptions. But... Yes. The first time a normal movie viewer sees those horses. <laughs> Yes, and then they're flanked on either side by um, Hasafel and Aragorn. Snowmane is a white horse with a faintly silver nose. And, well, I wrote white horse first, and then later I added flea bitten gray. With silver nose, you faintly said? Faintly silver nose. Faintly silver nose, and that horse is obviously named. And then Hama and Gamling's horses are both chestnut. Ah, uh, yeah, and there's there's some weirdness here, but we will we'll, we'll come to it. Oh yes, yes, yes. We don't yes. need to get into the okay. Hama's yet. horse um is a chestnut. Its tail gets darker toward the end. It's kind of ombre, um, which is a thing that can happen for chestnuts. Gambling's horse is chestnut with front white coronets and a back left white sock. Okay, so Snowmane, and then we have to name Gambling and Hama's horses. I feel like with these, because they're like higher higher in the hierarchy, like we should go with more kind of like traditional- Warrior cats names? More in-universe names. I'm partly joking, but <laughs> Rohan horse names are warrior cats names. Like Snowmane yeah, I mean, and like Firefoot, Firefoot and Shadow Fax too. Fax means mane, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, maybe we should name one of the horses Urkenbrand because Urkenbrand does not appear oh, on the yeah, movie. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Um, uh, maybe not the horse, maybe the horse that lives. Uh, yeah, Gambling's horse? Yeah, let's Gambling's name Gambling's horse. horse Urkenbrand. Um, Urkenbrand is one of the captain, he's a, he's a captain of the Mark who, Amer kind of takes his role in the movie, like, he's the one who appears at the end of the Battle of Helm's Deep. Yes, because in the book, like, they've been fighting in various places, and and Urkenbrand had kind of disappeared. No one was sure if he and his men were still alive or not, and that's who Gandalf goes to fetch. But in the movie, he goes to fetch Amor because movie Amor is exiled. That That's a very Yes, absolutely. Very like, totally understand why they made that choice. It's really confusing to have, like, yet another male character. <laughs> yet another male character? Yes. We got enough of them, Give please. Give a friend and maybe lover who's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> 
please. Uh, she needs any friend. Literally just one. Like, imagine if Ottergorn had, like, a twin sister who's, like, a horse girl but not you're in describing love with Arwen already. all of our, like, lear- you're describing, like, our self-insert OCs from Younger Life. <laughs> oh my god. Hey, did you have an elvish name when you were younger? Like, did you make up an elvish name for yourself using your language book? Yeah. What was it? Gloriel. What was... Isn't Glor just blonde or golden? It, yeah, it's like golden and shining. Golden and EL is and like the... Is like the feminine is the, suffix. Yeah, the, like the maiden, maiden suffix. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mine was Megillowen, which McGill is sword and mm-hmm. Wen is the other feminine suffix. And my best friend was Ungoliel, which is Spider Maiden. So we were Sword Maiden and Spider Maiden. Sword and Spider, damn. Okay, we yeah. have to we have to name this last horse, and then I do want to talk about okay. the like retreat to Helm's Deep. What if we name Hama's horse Copperfoot? Oh, love it, Copperfoot. Okay, and that is all the horses for this disc. We are halfway through the horses. At um, how many hours in? Don't think about it. Okay. Um, anyways, yeah. Okay, so I, I do really briefly, like I said, they're kind of like journey to Helm's Deep after leaving Edoras is very scary in the books because it's more like it's them thinking the situation is one way, riding out of Edoras with this intention, and then like along the way, it's like they just keep running into like pockets and pockets of like really bedraggled survivors, each with like grimmer and grimmer news. And then all of them like changing course and being hounded as they like make for Helm's Deep. It's much more of like a horror setup than in the book when in the plan is we ride for Helm's Deep. They're pretty comfortably ahead of the orcs the entire time, um, except for the yeah. one like encounter with the wargs. The warg attack is really terrifying and then it's very much like okay a when like you take you know the non-fighters aka the women and children thanks tolkien for the sexism and we'll stay and fight kind of before that like we open the second disc starts with like eowyn and gimli talking eowyn is leading gimli on her horse yes um, as the procession makes its way towards homestead yeah, and we some of this info we have from later, but her horse is a bay with a sort of star blaze combo. Again, like that disconnected star and stripe. Dark points, no socks. It's a very pretty little horse. We love it. What do we name Eowyn's horse? I just, I feel like this, Joey, I don't think I, it's ever named, but I really want it I, to have I a have, good name. I have the perfect name for this horse. Oh my god, okay, please tell me. This name is Sword Maiden. It's your OC name. <gasps> wow. Which is, will you run it by me one more time? Megillowen. So it's M-E-G-I-L-A-W-E-N. I think that's a good fit for Eowyn. It's very, like, I can very much see her, like, aspirationally naming her horse what she wants to be, you know? Yeah, and naming it, I kind of like this, like, naming it in Elvish so it's not, like, obvious to everyone else, like, what she's named it, Hidden you know? It a little bit, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, is it W-E-N? It's, or, it's W-E-N because it's Elvish, not yes. W-Y-N yeah. of the Rohirrim. Correct. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so we see, we see that horse, we see Snowmane again. 
We see gambling on his chestnut, uh, just barely. We see some miscellaneous Roharim riding. <laughs> yeah, um, this we, we're getting into the stage now. We there's just there's just a, a fucking million chestnut horses. Just you can't throw a rock and not hit a chestnut horse somewhere. There are a lot. There's kind of one to the right and one to the left behind Theoden. One of those I didn't write which one was to the right and which one to, was to the left. One of them is darker and it has some white on its nose or lip i think that's the one to the right um and it has a white front coronet and a left back sock which we find out later and this is the darker chestnut yes and it has a little white on its nose or lip or something it's also tough because like these horses most of them have like face armor so we can't see as much of their faces and so we're Mm -hmm. you know Working with the clues we have. Um, And then to the left is the other chestnut, which is lighter, and I have no other notes on it. The other note I have about it is that it's a little gray about the nose. As most chestnuts are, TBH. Yeah, but this this was notable for me for whatever reason. Yeah. And we see that first chestnut again. I don't think we see the second one, really. Or Uh, We might, but we don't have a good way of knowing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, to, like, to be we honest, this is see where- other chestnuts. This is where our archiving becomes very difficult because we see a lot of horses very quickly and without enough time to really establish enough identifying information to, like, confidently say, like, ah, oh, yes, we saw that chestnut again later, with some exceptions. Right. And we also don't know, like, okay, so we see two chestnuts in this one scene and then we see two chestnuts later- does Peter Jackson intend for us to think that those are the same horses or is he using the same horse actors to create a larger sense of scale in different, right. In different places to, to make it look like there are more horses than there are. And we just don't know. We don't know. And, and honestly, like that isn't, you know, we have limited capacity there. I mean, we are still talking about every horse we see. Our counts Mm -hmm. are a little less precise at this point than we would like them to be, but we forge onward. We do not despair. No. Okay, what do we want to name the darker chestnut? Apple. Do, we <laughs> we haven't named a horse Apple, Apple, have we? No, I don't think so. We named okay. a horse Lettuce. Oh, yeah, okay. What if, okay, what about, I feel like because chestnuts are kind of the staple of Rohan here in these scenes, uh, what huh? if we name them the two staples, Apples and Potatoes? Oh, love apple it. Apple and potato? Yeah. So apple is the darker chestnut and potato is yes. the lighter chestnut. Yeah. Great. And so next, Eowyn's horse, Gimli, Eowyn's horse, like, kind of gets away from her. It, like, trots off and Gimli falls off to humorous Yeah, effect. he's like, ah! <laughs> As the camera follows that horse running, we see three new horses in the background in this trio we see again. Oh, yes. It's a white horse, a dark horse, and a chestnut horse. Yep. Um, there's a helmed rider on the chestnut horse, and the dark horse is riderless. That's all I wrote down. We're, we're assuming we see them again, not based on the individual detail of the horse, but because of the detail of seeing a white horse, a dark horse, and a chestnut grouped together, not by other horses. Yes, because like four seconds later, they're sort of like in a camp setting. 
and we see those three that horse, same yeah, grouping that's in the in background. Cluster. Exactly. Yeah. What do you want to name? The, the, we could also the trio. The trio. Yeah. And don't give them individual names. It's the trio. Mm. I mean, I would love to give them individual names, but like easy, like like a a trio, a, a set of you know matched names in it's, some way. It's it's white, dark, and milk chocolate. Oh yeah, actually. I mean, we don't need to do that. Uh, the spectrum of toast. We could. We could. <laughs> actually, yeah, they could be like toast, rye, and pumpernickel. <laughs> That's real cute. Or I guess wheat rye and pumpernickel. I the the white horse it can be without like, putting the white horse white. could be chaff, which is generally lighter because it doesn't have the grain behind it, so it's just kind of like transparent. It's true. It's not as good with the like rye and pumpernickel though. Yeah. Um uh, I'm overthinking everything now. Let's just name the white one toast. Toast rye and pumpernickel? Yes. Into it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We we got to, yeah. when we started off naming the horses today, we were like. So decisive. We were shooting from the hip. We were acting from the yeah. gut. We got to get yeah. back there, you know? Yeah. 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 We yeah, can, yeah. We cannot falter just because times are difficult and uncertain. We must persevere. Absolutely. Okay. So then they're in camp and we have this fantastic moment with Eowyn and Ottergorn. <laughs> And she's made just the worst soup. Horrible, horrible soup. This is like the farthest it leans into like kind of awkward humor. And this is the scene that I think we watched the most trying to figure out what was going on in the background. Just like watching this like painful scene over and over and over again. Because like Ottergorn like takes a bite and then is just like holding it in his mouth. Like while she looks while she looks on and eventually want to swallow. And there's like there's a close up before he sips it of this like really disconcerting looking piece of meat. We really debated like what it was. bad it's bad we're not gonna talk about it any further yeah he holds the soup in his mouth and eventually kind of gets it down and in silence sits there in silence for a second and says it's good and she says <laughs> really and like tur- and he like kind of like fo- you know nods and she turns away with the cauldron and he begins to pour out the bowl of soup and she turns back to talk to him again and he immediately has to pick back up the soup yeah bowl. he has to like Turn back toward her and slash Burning his hands and he is like clearly like grimacing through that like trying to make like a normal like what's up face. It's very good. There are several horses in the background. There are two different bay horses drinking from the stream. It's very difficult to see them. That's at like 147.48 and 147.51. So both of both of them still have their tack on, but their riders are like next to them watering them. There's a chestnut horse with a blaze and front white socks that has like a mark or brand on its shoulder and kind of a convex face with face armor and no saddle. Yeah, that's that's just a smidgen later. Well, let's 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 yeah, let's name let's... those because my notes get really disjointed here. Okay, so the the two bays drinking from the stream, thirsty and dad. Oh, dad! <laughs> I'm sorry. I was I'm just thirsty. Thinking... I'm dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's where my brain went. <laughs> yeah, listen, I don't know. Shooting from the hip. Remember, thirsty. Oh, right, sorry, dad. Done. Thirsty. Dad. Done. How about this big chestnut boy with the convex face and the 
brand on the shoulder. Brand. Blaze, friend white socks. Brand. Oh, brand. Right. Yes. Sorry. Or Mark. Can we name this horse Mark? We can't name this horse after my dad. We have to. Oh, have I'm to, sorry. I forgot that was your dad. We have to move on. I just, you know, because Thayden <laughs> is king of the mark, but I understand. Brand. Brand it is. Okay. And then uh, there's another unsaddled chestnut in the background. Oh, 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 there's, okay. There's an unsaddled chestnut and bay being led through the background, which we... Did we decide that those were the two horses that were drinking from the stream earlier? I think we did decide that, and that one of those bays was actually a chestnut because they were, like, in the shadow of the hill. Yeah, that seems right to me. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm changing, I'm deciding that Thirsty, Thirsty was the bay and Dad was the chestnut. We see them again just a minute later. And that, like, that makes sense because it's, like, they're drinking from the stream. Some time passes. The shot is a little bit to the right. And we see them being, like, led that way. It's fine. It makes sense. It tracks. Yeah. 217. (laughs) There's a bay with a blaze. And it kind of, this is, like, the far corner of the right, of the screen on the right. And we both kind of thought that it looked like maybe it was pulling a cart. Or it was yes. by a cart? Yes. Sorry, I have one more horse listed here, which is... Oh my gosh. I Ooh. know, this is Ghost. bad. Because I was so certain of myself in this scene. As you may remember, I argued vehemently for my position. And I've now forgotten my position. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the shadow facts way. Um, at 148.37, where we see that chestnut horse uh, brand... I wrote five horses in shot. And besides that chestnut horse, I wrote unsaddled bay across water, unsaddled oh, chestnut to the, left across a, water. There's the picture. This is the picture. This is the diagram you sent me with the, with the horses circled. horse shortly to be unsaddled at 148.38. Let me look at the visual aid. And then horse head to the right at 148.37. I, I have to know. say again, how much easier our fucking job would be if... Everyone was not so far up their own ass and, like, tyrannical about DRM and would let us take fucking screenshots for the purpose of horse archiving in academia. God damn it. Oh, I okay. just saw a picture of Eowyn's horse, McGillowen, and it is so cute. I'm telling McGillowen really is the perfect name for that horse. It's good. Um, um where is the pi- Oh, here's the picture. Oh, there's only four horses circled in that picture. Are you sure one of those circles doesn't contain two horses? Update! One of those circles <laughs> contains two horses. Great. So uh, happy to hear that. Okay, yeah. So there's there's the horse being led, which is already unsaddled. There's two horses being unsaddled. Are you also looking at this picture? I'm trying. I'm trying to. I will be very shortly. Yeah, it's it, yeah, if yeah, you just yeah. go back in the Discord, it's in there. Sorry for everyone who can't look at this picture on the audio oh, medium. We will upload it when we upload this and many yeah. other visual aids to go with this monster of an episode okay so the horses in blue there are the ones we thought are ryan pumpernickel yeah no they're oh they're ryan pumpernickel in okay blue blue is ryan pumpernickel green is a horse that had been drinking and is now being led okay yes 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 that yes uh that makes sense pink yellow is I don't know, and yellow is I don't know. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, okay, my notes say, unsaddled chestnut and bay on either side of Eowyn's head in background. Okay, so presumably that's yellow and green 
in that picture. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure Pink is that chestnut, because that's the one on this side of the water who gets, like, actually Pink led through the scene with the brand. Blades. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. So I'm going to say yellow is the chestnut and green is the bay. I'm guessing green is is uh, thirsty or dad. Dad is, the che- dad is the chestnut, so that's dad. Right, I mean, assuming that that's the same... Yes, I think I think we decided yes. that it was. We are okay. like we're like retreading our our own steps. My question is I just I have this other line that says drinking horse shortly to be unsaddled at 148:38 and I don't know what that's about. So th- this screenshot that you sent me is from 206. So we had seen that horse earlier. I'm pretty sure that's actually one of the drink yeah that's that's if it's chestnut horse drinking about to be unsaddled, that's dad. Okay. Let's, you started talking about the bay with the blaze with the cart. Yeah. We, you can't fully see the cart. I'm, I cannot promise you that there is a cart there, but we both got the uh, vibe of a cart, you know? Yes. I also got the, it's like there looked, there was a, a faint like line straight like horizontal line like parallel to the ground that looked like cart yeah, shafts shafts yes yeah do you want to call that horse shaft does that mean uh no we can call it shaft and then i have at 148.56 a bay with a raggedy saddle cloth oh wait what's the timestamp on that 148.56 we're at like which... 2.17 yeah because you're on because i don't switch discs oh <laughs> I thought you were saying like a minute and 48 seconds. I no, 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 obviously no, 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 no. right. That's right. Because our timeline, our timestamps don't match up anymore, which made this progress so much more painful. Yes. Yes. Okay. That matches at 225. I have Bay led through dark main and points raggedy saddlecloth. Great. Oh God. I love it when shit comes together. Let's call that Bay. I feel like at this point I'm the raggedy saddlecloth, you know? Blossom. Blossom, I love you, Blossom. You're doing a good job. And then, like, 45 seconds later, the scene switches. It is at night, and Aragorn is, like, up watching the fire, and we can see a horse picketed behind him. It is both dark and smoky, so it is really difficult to tell anything about this horse, except we can say pretty confidently that it's not Hasafel. It's not his horse. I believe that it is a dark brown horse with a big white blaze. And we had heated debate about this also because it looks like it's wearing some kind of head armor still. Oh, yeah. And you thought that that head armor extended down and was catching the light. And I thought it had a white blaze that was catching the light and then had armor like on its forehead that was catching the light, but differently. And I think after my drawing you were willing to be persuaded. Yeah, because it has it has points, of, it has lighter points like along it, its cheek, its nose, and like near its brow that we were kind of struggling to interpret. Yeah, and then I colored on a photograph again. Um, you mean you did horse science, very official. Yes, very official horse science. <sighs> what do you want to name this horse? Shadow. There it is. Now we get... A scene of Eowyn and Aragorn riding side by side, and she's asking him about the necklace that he wears. And we get a flashback to 
right before the Fellowship left Rivendell when he tried to give the Evenstar back. We see, and we see, like, at the end of that scene, we see Bill in the background. Yes. This is at, like, seven minutes disc time. I'm not sure where that puts you, Joey. I don't know. I can't do math. Yeah. Oh, I know how to check this, though. Bill in flashback. That's at 153.21, approximately. Okay, yes. Yeah, we're good. So... That's an interesting moment because it's kind of the first, like, rebuff we see of Eowyn's interest in Aragorn. In the movie, yeah. Also, it's just good to see, it's good to see Bill again. It is. uh, That scene, I mean, it's interesting because Aragorn doesn't really rebuff. I mean, he's just honest, right? Like, he hasn't been hiding anything, but he hasn't said anything. He doesn't rebuff her, but it's her realizing that... Right. Yes. It's her first moment of, like, oh... But it's interesting because she has already started to real like she asks the question Who who gave who, you that jewelry? Who gave you that? And it's because she has already like noticed that he is like off in his head thinking about someone else. Thinking about Bill the Pony, as are we all. Yeah. <laughs> um that flashback, I mean the second part of it is pretty brutal too, because it has like him basically telling Arwen like no, like, accept your elf destiny. Don't sacrifice immortality for me. Like, here's the even star back. And she's like, it was a gift and won't accept it. But like, it makes it more clear that basically they broke up before the journey. Yeah. Which I don't think really happens in the book, but it also, we don't get nearly as much about their relationship in the book. There's crumbs mere crumbs yeah yeah and then they come out of the flashback and there's a background horse behind tama it has intense face armor kind of like overlapping metal plates right? i think this is the one that that you described as um it's a it's a bay like burnished wood yes i did write a a coat like burnished wood i think we should call this horse burnish or maybe burnished i feel indifferent about using it adjectivally or not and so no since let's this was... let's use burnish okay i described it as a bay with lots of black slash gray i don't know i mean it does seem to be a bay but the quality of the brown seems much it's less red and more black gray brown i don't know yeah it, it definitely has many horses are kind of like monochromatic or their coat color is very consistent throughout and this there's a lot of like interesting little variation mm-hmm. and you said burnish right or burnished i'm sorry burnish i thought that was such a, a a lovely little observation that we should immortalize it yeah i have like we see hama and gambling's horses more here which is where i found out like about the coronets and sock and this is where weirdness starts to come in because hama and gambling ride ahead of the party and so we yeah, see their horses. Yeah, because like sees something and yells, or someone comes up to them and is. Legolas like... is still back with the party. They are just like riding, okay. riding ahead, and then he oh, he right. yells okay. back after the warg attack. So Hama, Hama okay. and Gamling are like riding out significantly ahead of the column. Like the view, their view of the column is cut off by a hill. Yes, and we see Hama and Gamling's horse. This is Urkenbrand and, um... Copperfoot. Copperfoot, which we described 
earlier, and it's clearly the same Urkenbrand and Copperfoot as they kind of ride away, and then there's a shot of them in front of a rock wall, and a warg, like, ambushes them from the wall, and in this new closer shot, there's a a different horse for gambling. Yes. Hama gets attacked- and his horse gets um, like knocked out from under him, and Gambling's horse is obviously different. There's also a very bad CG moment of Hama's yeah. horse on the ground, which I mean, I'm glad they're using CG. I don't like looking at actual horses, but it looks terrible. <laughs> you did not finish that thought, and so what you said is, I do not like looking at actual horses. <laughs> I'm sorry, I do. I do not like looking at actual horses hurt or dying. That's what I mean. I would rather that be CG, but it is bad CG. It's, it's so bad. Yeah. I don't, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. I think a lot of the CG holds up really well. And so it's kind of a a noticeable moment. The weird thing is, I don't think. noticeable when you're really looking at the horses. It's very easy to miss because it's fast. Yeah, I don't think I had staring at horses constantly. It becomes very obvious. This different horse, Gambling's horse, which previously has been Urkenbrand. Yes, front white cornets, back left white sock, now has no white socks, and it has a white snip on its nose. We are not adding that to the count because canonically, this is still. Urkenbrand. There's another instance that we're about to start in of like kind of a weird like horse actor swap that is not addressed. We are speculating here that this is like a stunt horse versus riding horse scenario. So the second horse is kind of is doing some little rears, is doing some very, very tight turns. And so we think they swapped it out for a similar stunt horse because no one who isn't doing what we're doing would notice. (laughs) Yep. Do we want to name the stunt horse just for fun? Uh. Or not? Nope. <laughs> uh, fake Urken brand. Got it. Fake and brand. Get got it. Um, fake and brand. Okay. So Gamma gets attacks. Oh, sorry, not Gamma. That's I kept doing that when we were watching the two. Hama gets attacked. Gambling starts fighting them off. That's when Legolas notice and Legolas shoots an arrow to kill the warg and like alerts the company. Right. When we kind of pan back to the company, we can see a white horse kind of on the hill to the right of everyone, um, quite in the distance. Um, it has gray kind of like halfway up its legs and on its face. And it shows up again later. And we ended up calling this horse Scout when we were talking about it. So I think Not that's what we should- Not our policy to like name horses- um, outside of the podcast, but when there were several horses, white horses that we were trying to keep track of, it just like appeared again and again as a way for us to distinguish it. So, Scout. Scout it is. And then... This is where she gets, she gets weird again. A horse of much debate. Okay, so at 155.54, we see a thick white horse... <laughs> Now this is a Fernando Botero horse, like oh, that's good yeah, God. that's true. So this horse is kind of walking backwards at this point. I mean, it's not walking, walking. It's kind of people are trying to wrangle it, and it is like scooting backwards among other horses that we've already like seen and identified. Gimli is there, although you can just barely see him, and probably it's a stunt double in that scene. It's actually him in a later, shortly after this. It also has some gray around its mouth and on its legs. It has a big head and a 
thick neck, like just very, very chunky head and neck on this horse. If you picture like the Looney Tunes Valkyrie horse, like that's what this horse looks like. And we we realized we were trying to figure out who this horse was because they kind of weren't there in scenes immediately before it. And we realized uh, over the course of events, it's supposed to be Arod, the, the the white horse that Gimli and Legolas share. That's at least what we suspect because there's no other explanation of like who this horse is. And Legolas, we don't see Arid with Legolas anywhere like else in this Legolas scene. is like on foot here. And then later when Legolas does like a fan favorite, like Gimli is riding up, riding up on a white horse and Legolas mounts up behind him, then it's Arod again. It just is not here. No, that's not Arid. I mean, that's the same horse as right here when Legolas does this mount. Like, if there's a white horse in this section of the world that, like, Legolas and Gimli are riding, like... Yes. Logic demands it must be Arod. Right. But it is not the same horse actor as, like, is canon for Arod. Correct. So we are not going to be adding this horse to the horse count because it's it's a stunt horse swap in. And there's one more... There's one more horse that they also swap in for this white horse, which is not the original Arod and is not the thick neck horse. No, because a few uh, seconds later, we see a close up on Gimli and also a white horse, you know, canonically the same, but not the same horse actor, um, where he's saying like, get me up on this horse or whatever. And you get a close up of the horse's face and it has like a white mark right down the center of its nose. Like horses skin can be different colors. So a white horse often like its skin is darker, kind of grayish around its nose, which is why their noses are often grayer or part of the reason. But this one has like a little strip of pink skin right down the center of its nose that makes it look lighter right there. And both the thick horse and Arid, um, neither of them have that mark. So we have three different white horses all standing in for Arid in this bit. I'm going to say let's call them uh, Thick Arid and Striped Arid. Yeah. And now we are into diagram land again. Yeah. Well, actually, hold on. Before we get into this really fast, I, I want to talk about kind of our philosophy for like counting the horses in battle, mm-hmm. um, which is basically during the battle shots, it's a lot... It is not possible to kind of keep a, an overhead track of where you are and what's happening. There's a lot of really close shots. There's a lot of CG work. That's really not an effective way for us to count. It's the same. So we're doing the same thing that we did with the battle scenes last time, where as the ho- line of horses are like charging into battle, we're using those opportunities to like kind of count and identify. And then mm-hmm. we are sidestepping all of the like horse death and chaos that happens in the battle yes yeah so we get a shot of all the riders of the column all start riding over the hill to go fight the oncoming wargs with aragorn in the foreground as these horses pass behind him and he and eowyn are making eye contact. Theoden has just told Eowyn she can't fight and she needs to lead the people away while Sorry. they fight the wards. Hold, hold up. Yeah. I had a diagram for 159.51, but I think that's actually, I had 
jumped ahead to a bigger page for a diagram and then came back to this one. So this is the scene where we we're... didn't diagram those horses running up the hill because we used the diagram after. Yes, of kind of them from behind. Right. Yes. And then we use that to like go back and pinpoint those individual horses. If yes. That makes sense. Yes. So yeah. So we have the, the Ottergorn Aon moment with horses just like galloping by behind him. Yes. And then we see those horses kind of spread out from below. Like they're on their way up the hill and yeah, we they're, they're like about see to them crest from the behind. Hill. Yes. Correct. That shot is like one of our anchor shots that we use to like, we diagram that shot and then use it and go back and look at other shots to figure out like who's who and where's what. Yes. As much as possible. Okay. <laughs> as much as so, <laughs> so these horses are kind of in three, almost four rows. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the first row from left to right, we have a helmed rider on a chestnut horse carrying the full standard that horse we think has a right front sock and a right rear sock and maybe a white blaze based on a later scene. Let's do the thing where we get all these horses listed and then go through and name them, if that's okay. Yeah, okay. Second horse, also helmed rider, chestnut, but with a darker tail. Third horse, chestnut, with white front socks, also And also a helmed rider, yeah. Yes. The helms will be important later because there's a lot of horses and what the riders are wearing and their tack and what they're carrying helps us distinguish. We also kind of at the end of this shot see Ottergorn kind of join that front row far to the right on Hasafel. Okay, uh, second row, we're kind of going the opposite direction now. Like Yeah, we're, we're like snaking you know. around. We have Gimli on Thick Arid, maybe? Yeah. Um... We've counted him already, though, so he doesn't really matter. Number five, we have a bay with strong black points on the hind legs. Rider wearing a rounded helmet, carrying a half standard. <laughs> when we had a big debate about rounded versus <laughs> conical to describe the helmets, we, listen, when we tell you we did like four and a half, sorry, we're rounding down, four hours of horse no, arguing no, no. tonight. sorry. It is five and a half total hours. It just, it was an hour and a half plus yes. four. So five, literally five and a half hours. We are not exaggerating. We got into the weeds. We became the weeds. Mm. Okay, so that's horse okay. five. Horse yes. six. Yes, horse six is a helmed rider on a chestnut. Seven. Is Scout. Scout! That rider is also wearing a rounded helmet and has blonde wavy hair cascading down his back. Yes, and is it. and is carrying a spear here and when we saw him earlier. Which thank you Scout right. for your consistency in these trying times. Scout truly is our north star. Oh, number 8 which I started again from closest to us. It I discontinued yes, the snake is <laughs> I discontin- uh, discontinue the snake <laughs> is Ugh. dark almost black and that rider has like a male helm like it's chain mail yeah yeah which is important because it's the he's like the only person we see in this sequence who is wearing that and he has a spear mm-hmm. and then number nine i wrote seal brown question mark also a rounded helm and a spear. And then last but not least. Number 10 in a row of its own is a bay with rear white coronets 
And that rider is also wearing a rounded helmet and has long blonde hair, but not quite as wavy as the previous one. Okay, so that is, for us, 10 minus Gimli and Scout, so that's eight new horses to name. Oh boy. Okay. Remember, from the, from the fire from the hip. Okay, yeah. Number one, Strong Helm. Strong Helm. Number two, Dark Tail. No. <laughs> <laughs> banner because he's got like a banner like tail because it's dark okay or we could call it banner tail that's a that's that that's a good concession too okay banner tail that works okay great um three hazelnut in english this time four is gimli five this is the one with the half standard and the like really striking black points on the hind legs Wait, Shadow shot. One, can we call this one something like violin or string instrument related? Yeah. What's I your talked, What's your uh, reasoning here? I, you know, I talked about like this coloration, the the very like red oh. bay with black points, yeah. being like a uh, violin. Um, not all violins, um, but like a lot of violins. And when I was younger, I was very drawn to both like those very red with black violins and also those horses. And I don't know if one informed the other or vice versa. What if we call it Strad short for Stradivarius, but that also that feels like in university name. Yeah. I like that Strad. Great. The chestnut with the crest. Crestnut. (laughs) Crestnut. Great. (laughs) Um, And then Scout. Mm-hmm. We could name it something about the male. What if we name it Fleetwood after Fleetwood Mac because of her song about the ch- What is the name of it? There's something- The chain? Yeah, it's just the chain because it's chain mail. <laughs> I was going to suggest Maelstrom, but spelled like male, but I'm more into Fleetwood. Uh, Fleetwood honestly is like a great horse name. It's a great horse name. And then we have our Seal Brown- Number nine, Spear. We have Shield Maiden. We could have Spear Maiden. Love it. Uh, and then ten, that bay with the dark. The rear white coronets. Yeah, and the dark tail. What if we name it Coronet? Oh, that's very cute. I'm into it. That's kind of like Marshall, too, since it is a fighting horse. One, two, three, yeah. four, five, six, seven, eight. Done. We are almost there, y'all. We are... We are getting there. Doing it. We're, yeah, we're getting there. Okay, so then we cut to, like, seeing the wargs oncoming, I think. And when we cut back, the horses are cresting the hill from the other side. Like, we are on the other side now. And we're so, seeing it from the other direction. Yeah, so we see Legolas up on the hill, and then we see the line of horses gallop up on either side of him. And this is when this is when Legolas, we have to talk about, we have to talk about this, like, wild trick mount which defies oh, physics we, but i yeah, still we love will it. in a second let's okay, let's okay. try to go through this line definitely to the right of legolas we have gimli on um one of the fake eras right yes correct and to the left of legolas we have theoden on snowmane and then aragorn on hasafel to the left of him and then next to that we have a chestnut yeah we have two two chestnuts to the left of aragorn and then a bay we think to the left of that yeah that we think is it's that bay that we think is um, strad strad did we decide 
that any of... No, so these two chestnuts were kind of question marks for us because we were trying to figure out one of those chestnuts is carrying... A spear? Yeah, which none of those, like, crested chestnuts from the front row were carrying spears except the one who had the full standard. But there's none of that, but they don't have the full standard here. So we were kind of unclear if those were new horses or if that is the same horse and they, like, lost the standard or, you know, just, like, yeah. a little continuity, continuity error. But, like, that's really all we have to distinguish between those chestnuts in front right now. You did make a joke, I think, about the flag tearing, that that sets a precedent for this chestnut with the spear to be the one <laughs> to be Stronghelm, yeah. who had the full standard, <laughs> yeah. but it just tore off. Yeah, and, bl- and blew all the way back to Edoras. Um, <laughs> God. I think we have to count them as fresh horses. Yeah, I think we do too, because our markers are gone. Our markers are gone, and it does make sense for there to be a lot of horses here. Yeah. So the chestnut just to the left of Ottergorn, let's call Harold. Okay. Uh, wait, do you mean like Harold, like the old man name, or Harold, like the dude with a bugle? I was thinking the old man name, but the other one is probably better. <laughs> What if we do Harold and Harold for the two indistinguishable? Oh, great. Love it. Let's give the one with the spear, um, Harold, like... Oh, yeah. Already like on it. Already on it. Medieval Harold. Okay. And then at the end of that line is... On the other side. Or, what? oh, you mean Strad. Strad. Yeah. Yes. New chestnut plus spear. Arg and... Ar- Arghas. Yep. That's what I wrote, too. Theo... Theomain. <laughs> I have Theo on S-Main. Smain. Smain. Gim- Gimarod. Hey, does Gimli Legolas, like, have a ship name? Do people call them, like, Gimgalas? Or Legly? <laughs> I think it's Legly, TBH. <laughs> Great. Um, okay, on the right of Gimli, there is maybe Chestnut Horse. Its rider is not wearing a helm. Of any kind, which is super weird because we have not seen that before. And also, my guy, you are riding into a fight. Please protect your brain. Yeah, I'm naming this horse Reckless. Ooh, love that. That's kind of like the, the, the static shot of those people like cresting the hill. And then it's like the camera stays still and the horses like move around them. So we start to see other riders yeah, Come but on. it gets very it gets, confusing. It gets very confusing. So, like, we see, um, man, I still have horse number eight, who is, I think, Fleetwood? Yeah, Fleetwood, the male helm. He's, like, on the right side of the screen as Legolas is doing, now we, Now it's time, now it's time to yes. talk about the mouth. Yes, So, Gimli rides up, Aragorn is, like, standing still as the charge breaks around him and, like, shooting arrows. And then as Arad comes up behind him, he grabs the the chest band of the horse. Like, the, the, yes. the piece of tack that goes across their chest with a, a strap down that connects it to the girth. And he grabs that and, like, swings himself to the side so he grabs like from the point of view from the camera he is on the left he grabs the right side of this band and like flings himself to the side and mounts up over the right side of the horse behind Gimli yeah it's absolutely buck wild it is it is it does not look like it should work physics wise right but time doesn't apply to elves and physics only kind of do so 
you know. Yeah, it's true. Um, and we see some other kind of horses dotted around in there. We're pretty sure we're see- we see Scout in the background. Yeah, and probably, you know, a couple of those chestnuts that we named in the previous scene. And then we're in the fight. We did pull out a couple of horses that stuck out to us because of their coloring or because they kind of get a little hero moment highlighted. Yeah, I had like at 15731 a gray dapple with black points. Yes, I also have that horse. That's at 11 minutes for me. And my note says in charge. I don't know if that means he's in the charge or if he just looks like he's like knows what he's about, you know? I think it means he's in the charge. What if we name this horse Confidence boss. Confidence Alive? Yeah, love it. That's one. And then a couple seconds later, like 20 seconds later, we have, we, we debated about what to call this this horse coat. I think neophytes, myself included, would look at this horse and want to call it a buckskin because it's that kind of like yellowy dun that has darker points and a darker mane. We were looking at it and Joey suggested it might be like a strawberry roan with dark points yeah it's truly yeah. a shame that we've already named a horse spirit stallion of the cimarron because like this is a this is a spirit stallion of the cimarron horse you know i think it's a red roan or a strawberry roan i don't remember if there's a difference between those with dark points kind of difficult to tell and like what's weird about horse colors is like there are these you know there's like venn diagrams with like points of overlap and also none of those have like really hard and fast boundaries like horses are living creatures with like all sorts of like weird genetic variances in there. And also sometimes we just don't know what we're talking about. Um, but mainly the genetics thing. Anyways, what should we call this horse? Uh, strawberry? Okay, yeah. Strawberry. And then we cut to after the battle. Yes. Um, a few minutes later, there's, oh, it's actually, according to my notes, it's exactly two minutes later. Yeah, That's... I do have a diagram here, I think. Oh, great. Yeah, I have notes, but no diagram. So how about you take the lead, sport? I mean, I don't know if my diagram will make sense to you since you're not also looking at it. But on the screen, we have Legolas, I guess, kind of in the foreground. Mm-hmm. And somewhere behind him, there's a white horse that we think is Scout. Yeah. And then behind that and a little bit left, there's a bay. And behind that and a little bit left, there's a helmed uh, rider on a chestnut. Yeah, yeah. And that's like that's like the crested helm again. Yes. And then to the left, there's like a chestnut or roan, I wrote, with a white muzzle. Is that the one we were just talking about? No, no, no. That's a different or one. A different um, one. I okay. also have written down roany chestnut. And this one that's is one easy to distinguish- the- yeah, it has a big red um, saddle, saddle cloth. cloth, which we haven't seen. And it has kind of a white muzzle. Yes. And then kind of behind and to the left of that, there's a chestnut. And then like in more of the same plane as that roni chestnut to the left, there's a gray dapple, which is maybe confidence alive. I am very lost because usually we talk about it to so our diagram and our notes kind of line up. And I have all of these... Same words that you have written down, but just in a totally scrambled order. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, my diagram does not make a lot of sense to me. Like, no, me neither. Legolas, there's a white horse, right? And then I just have these lines dividing these other ones, and I don't know what those lines are about. The, like, setup of the scene is, like, as I recall it, which, you know, 
my brain is not a perfect machine here, but as I recall it, there's kind of, there's several horses in an overlapping line on the left of the screen. And that's like the white horse, the gray dapple, the roni chestnut. And then Scout is more like in the middle of the screen. Yes, with a couple horses kind of behind. Well, I mean, it's it's all the same horses. I The last horse I have here is a white horse with a brand. My order, I don't know if this is helpful. My order goes white horse with brand, gray dapple, roni chestnut with red saddlecloth and a white muzzle. White horse, darker mane and tail, parentheses, scout. Chestnut mm-hmm. plus crest. A bay, a chestnut with, um, chestnut, it says behind something, question that mark. That chestnut is behind the roni chestnut. They were very overlapping, so you could, like, just barely see oh, it. Oh, it says behind first three. Yeah. And then yeah. I have, po- and I have written down possible five plus ten gambling horse chestnut. Yeah. So let's, all... let's pull Let's pick that apart a little bit. Yeah. Then this is this is the last horses of the movie section. Um, I know this has been an arduous journey for all involved, but we are almost there. Yeah, we are so close. Hold tight, hang in there with us. The white horse with the brand. What do we want to name that horse? Shoot from the hip. That horse is a- astrolabe. Sorry, is what? Astrolabe. Yeah, love it. They don't have those. I don't know why that came to me, it's but... okay. Look, it's a horse name now. We are now doing a free word association, apparently. Yeah. Is that Grey Dapple confidence alive, or is it a different Grey Dapple? I don't think this Grey Dapple had black points, so I think it's a different Grey Dapple. Okay. What if we name it Dapple? Have we, have we named a horse Dapple? I don't think so. We've named a horse Apple. Let's... Let's say let's say that we haven't dapple. Um, okay. Three, the Roni, Roni chestnut. Roni chestnut with the red saddlecloth. What if we name this horse Scarlet? Oh, super into that. Love uh, it. Look, I love that for me. me. Would have lo- like that. That's a that's a. Oh yeah. Teenage me horse name. Teenage me horse name. Which horse is next? My my notes are a little scattered. Next, I have the okay. white horse with the darker mane and tail, tail that yeah. I think might be Scout. We're calling him Scout. That's Scout. And then we have a helmed chestnut and a bay pretty close together. Do we do we want to call that helm chestnut the same as Harold or Harold, or do we want to assume it's another new helmed Let's chestnut? Let's assume it's Harold. Which Harold? I don't know. Uh, well, okay, we'll say Harold or Harold. It's like a yeah. Schrodinger's cat situation. Okay, um, next we have the bay. This could also be a repeat, but we have no way of knowing. I think it, I think it's good, especially in situations like this, to count unless we like have you know good reason or like confidence to believe that it's the same horse. We should assume it's a new horse because we're accounting for there being many horses in the battle. Yes. What if we name this horse Mahogany? Oh, love that. That's a cute little riff on our earlier, like, burnished wood. Yeah. And then we have the chestnut hiding behind Scarlet. What if we name it Espeon, but, like, with an I, like, Espionage? Like the Pokemon Espeon? No, that has an E in it, with an I in it, like, Espionage. Right. Okay. Because it's yes. hiding, because it's like yes. a spy. Yes. And that's behind Scarlet? Yes. What I have left note-wise is I have possible five 
uh, and ten siding, which would be the the two the two bays, one with the half standard, and um, I guess what are these horses' names? Estrad and Coronet. Cool. We see them again. Excellent. So Is that's, that it? That's five new horses here. I I think that's it. I think that's it. We finally have. I mean, we still have. Wow. We have a little bit of book to cover, but that's yes. that's it. And we should do the horse count. You know. Let's do the horse count. So last time we were at a standing total of 132. Let's see what we have this time. This will be our review of horses as well. Get out my calculator because I cannot do this in my head. Uh, So first we have Raggedy. We have Shield Maiden and Impatient. We have the two stars. One with two R's and one with an umlaut. We have Glimpse. We have the banner horses, which are not real horses. We have the double horse head motif on Thade and Sword, which also doesn't get counted. We have Hope. We have Egress, which is Grima's horse. Um, we get another Geralt sighting. We get the V of um, the V from the Edoras evacuation, which is Goose, Snow Thane, Snow Twain, Old Bay, Standard, and Steno. We have Till and Ornery. We have Driven. We have the fucking nightmare of the royal stables uh in gen one we have comet the pebbled path corn silk iron foot dainty socks narrow cheek and query in gen two we have snow thrice wary handsome and streak in gen three we have brago grit and fernando and then in the things get wacky session we have mm-hmm. gemini <laughs> rear guard snip whisper and jet so that brings us to another five we have the first horse uh, in the procession out of Edoras, which is Refuge. That's plus one. We have eight in the wide shot of the procession out of Edoras, which is Farm Boy, Charles, Steady, Blaze, Marin, Blunt, Luster, and Cinderinella. We have the first appearance of Theoden, Gambling, and Hama on their horses, Snowmane, Urkenbrand, and Copperfoot, which is three. We have Eowyn's horse, Megillowyn. We have Apple and Potato. We have Toast, Rye, and Pumpernickel. We have Thirsty and Dad. We have Brand, Shaft, Blossom, Shadow, and Burnish, all from the camp. Brand, Shaft, Blossom, Shadow, Burnish. That's another five. We have Fake and Brand, who does not get counted. We have Scout, God bless him. We have the two Arid stunts, Thick Arid and Striped Arid, who again don't get counted. We have the original Charge Over the Hill, Stronghelm, Bannertell, Hazelnut, Strad, Crestnut, Fleetwood, Spearmaiden, and Coronet, which is eight. We have Herald and Herald and Reckless from When the Charge Crest the Hill. We have Confidence Alive and Strawberry from the Battle. And then we have Astrolabe, Dapple, Scarlet, Mahogany, and Espeon from the Cleanup. That's so many horses. It's It's a lot of horses. Okay, so I have done the math. Do you think that is more or less horses than last section? I'll give. I'll remind you that that section total for last time was seventy nine horses. I think it's less, but only by a little bit. The section total is eighty, which is exactly one more horse than last time. Oh wow! Okay, so I was at least. I mean, I wasn't like far, far off. No, no, no. You were pretty but... good. And I think that actually really puts into perspective how much work went into this section because it's one more than last time when we did literally the name generation for like 50 of those horses and we named all of yes, those horses. Yes, we, we literally came up with 80 horse names today. 
Well, a few of them were named, but mo- yeah. we came up with a I would lot say of... we probably came up with 75 horse names. Wow. Which brings us to a running total of 212 horses. Holy shit. Wow. <sighs> yeah. Do you have any, like, parting notes from the book that we need to circle back around to? Or are you done with the book? Get it out of here. I have a proposition for you, and I know this is weird to do in episode. Do you want to split it? What if, yeah, what if we save the Helm's Deep chapter for when we actually watch that section of the movie? Because there is some horse stuff in it, and Mm -hmm. I know we've already read that chapter, but I think, like, we've talked about so much today, and I think we should just wait. Uh, Yeah, I'm into it in light of what monster episode it is. Do you want to press on here that we have fulfilled one vow or do you want to yeah uh our second vow is that we will rank the horses and what that means for now is just what was your favorite horse today ah that's a great question i feel like there were so many like really really good horses that makes it like kind of difficult to say i'm really happy with mcgillowin because i think it's very cute to like repurpose this name i'm also really um proud of the horse name rear guard for the horse that we just saw the butt of. Yeah, that's very good. I think aesthetically McGillowen, even apart from the name, is probably my favorite horse of this section. That's really, like, what I want in a horse. McGillowen has it. Like, yeah, absolutely. She she has, like, I love the shape of that horse's head. Mm -hmm. Um, The, like, stripe and star is very cute. She's just a really pretty horse. But, like, Brago is also in this section, and I don't think we've seen enough of him yet for me to say that's my favorite horse. But we I will know get more that, like, like Brago centric stuff. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. So, I think today it's McGillowen, but um, Cinderella is, is up there for me, too, because it's so striking, those, those three white boots. Definitely. Like, that's definitely one of the more, like, visually striking. I need to. I realized that I never actually wrote down the Cinderella poem or pun. Cinderella. <laughs> um, lots and lots and lots of good horses. Yeah. So many good horses. Arguably too many horses. <laughs> y- yeah. Was it only two songs? I have kind of like two and a half. Um, I also included... Is the third one the Arise Now, Arise, Riders of Theoden? Yeah. Okay. And the first one was like where now is the horse and rider. And the second one is is in Dwimmer Den in Lorien seldom have walked the feet of men. Yeah. Galadriel, Galadriel. I feel like the... I feel like the first one where now the horse and rider is so much more like endemic of what we have seen than the one about Lorien. Like because of where we are in the book. Like... Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm I'm a little loath to touch this one because because it's so beautiful. Yeah, and it, like it already has a horse reference in it. Yeah. So I'm unsure. We could make the one that's about Galadriel to be about a horse. That would probably be pretty quick and and light. I yeah, I hear you about. I do I do really love the first poem. I don't really want to fuck it up. And we do have at this point an honored tradition of profaning high elvish. <laughs> Right. So, okay, here's my, here's my take. Like, it's about, like, in Lorien, right? What if we make this about 
Rohan, because the second line seldom have walked the feet of men. What if it, this is all about, like, this is the land of horses. Horses, yes. Men don't walk here. Horses, horses do. do. In Edoras, in Old Rohan, or Rohan, we'll see how the rhyme needs to work. Yeah. Seldom have walked the feet of men. Yeah. How many A's are in V? The feet of men. You human eyes have seen the light. Eyes. That, oh, I just hit send, all, send already. That's fine. That lies there ever long and bright. I think there's an obvious choice here, which is that this is about shadow facts. We've done that before, though. I think okay, I... what if what if we make this about Felleroth? Because this is about, like, <gasps> yes, Rohan, yes. Rohan, like, before it was mainly When humans. it was still the horse's land, because, like, Felleroth is, like, from when they gave Rohan to Errol the Younger. Yes. Aorl, yeah. Aorl. A, yeah. <laughs> oh, Felleroth, oh, Felleroth, because then we have that fourth syllable there. You okay. were transcribing this, right? I started yes, transcribing I and then realized I had been fired from that job for no, I'm, um, bad, I for doing it bad. I am on it. I type 97 words per minute and I love spelling everything right. That feels a little pointed, <laughs> but okay. No, I okay. don't. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jesus. No, no it's, I just. No, it's fine. I understand. I don't think that reflects on you as a person at all. I'm weirdly compulsive about spelling, which comes in handy when transcribing something quickly. Yes. And I'm a noted typoer. That's all. Okay, so n- the next line is clear as the water of your well. Trough. Oh, yeah, trough, because it rhymes with Felleroff. And that's, yeah. that's the rhyme we need. Okay. Yeah. Clear is the water of your trough. Okay, and then white is the star in your white hand, which has to rhyme with unmarred, unstained is leaf and land. He loves for lands to be unstained, huh? Mm, yeah. We we could also change. We can change land there and keep most of the rest of the like. Yeah, is, no, is I'm leaf. And I'm not grain. S- right. I'm just saying these two lines have to rhyme with each other. I don't care which. We're, yeah, we're on which the same word. Line. But what if what it's like. A- Bright is the moon on your white mane and make something rhyme with mane. Yeah. I'm trying to think about like what color and or sense horses would find like desirable in this. Mm. What words rhyme with mane? Stain. <laughs> Sane. Vein. Both veins. Yeah. All, th- all three veins. There's three veins. Vain, vain, vain. Oh, yeah. Vain, uh, refrain. The, yeah, the, the suffix, the, the Rohirrim suffix, Thane, if we wanted to. Yeah, Dane, uh, rain. rain. Yeah, all three rain feels rains. like a natural. All of the rains. Rain feels like a real natural. Ooh, okay. How about, bright is the moon on golden mane like ripening oats before the rain. Wow. You know, I love that we just circle back around to oats every time. I really do. <laughs> well, you said, like, what colors or whatever would be appealing to horses. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. the color I'm of ripe it. oats. The oats. It's um, all about the oats. Okay. And then we come back to that line in... In Edoras, an old rohan. Edoras. More in... fair than thoughts of mortal hand. More fair than touch of mortal hand. 
Mm, more fair than touch of... Because it's about, like, it being the horse's land before they are tamed and or broken or whatever. Maybe more fair than touch of human hand. Yeah, into it. Uh, I think we also should change th- that first min to man then to rhyme with Rohan. Yeah. Uh, as the resident poetry reader, would you like to? Yeah, I mean, do you want to split this halfway through? Yeah, do you want do you want the rear guard or the vanguard? I'll take the I'll take the first half. In Adaras, in old Rohan, seldom have walked the feet of man. Few human eyes have seen the light that lies there ever, long and bright. O Felleroth, O Felleroth. Clear is the water of your trough. Bright is the moon on golden mane, like ripening oats before the rain. In Edoras, an old Rohan, more fair than touch of human hand. Good work. That's three oaths down three, and done. Three of our four vows. The fourth one, let me tell you, the beacon has been lit. Repeatedly. It is just it's it's a blaze. super on fire. More, <laughs> super on more fire. blazes than these horses. <laughs> I don't know. We saw a lot of blazes. I don't listen. I have a couple things to start with, which are not questions, but simply some feedback or input from one of our listeners. Fact check. Nicole. Yes. Nicole, my dear friend, has sent two emails. The first of which says this. Hello, horse babies. I have an answer for you stemming all the way back from episode three. At one point, Joey had a mysterious note saying, is Gandalf human? And I am happy to report he is not. None of the wizards are. They are basically angels. They're a species called Maiar that were created before time and entered into the world to prepare it for mortals. They can be embodied with great effort or power. Other examples of Maiar in Middle-earth are the other wizards, the Balrog and Sauron. So lots of variety. The Balrog and Sauron are the same species as the wizards? Yes, but they're not all, like, there are, like, subdivisions of Maiar, if I'm remembering correctly. Like, there are subdivisions so, like, of angels. So, like, Gandalf and the Balrog are not, like, the same thing in that sense, but in another sense they are. They're the same thing higher up the taxonomical chain. Yes, and... A couple other things in this email that I wanted to point out, especially Nicole says, when Gandalf says that Shadowfax might have been fold in the morning of the world, because he's so rad, that's really saying something, because Gandalf probably saw the first horse ever. Apparently Gandalf's body is over 2,000 years old. Crusty. You know who definitely saw the first horse ever, though? Who? Tom Bombadil. Ugh. We can't, we can't, I can't go back, Nicole, thanks us for our important academic labor. And, oh, also says, fun fact, in theory, Gandalf could reproduce with a human or elf if he wanted, as another Maiar did a long time ago. The child born of that marriage was Luthien. Luthien's descendants include Aragorn and Arwen, so they're part angel too. And I knew that, I mean, I knew they were Luthien, they were like related to Luthien in different ways, but I did not realize that Luthien was like the product of a wizard elf. Get along. Yep. Uh, Nicole signs her email, Nicole or Torwayeth in Sindarin. Wow. Great. Thank you for that lore. Thanks, Nicole. I knew a lot of that and had just totally forgotten. I I knew, I... I knew that the wizards weren't humans, but neither of us have really delved into, like, extended canon, like, Cimmerillion stuff. 
So Yeah. And then one other thing from Nicole, which is that in Lord of the Rings Online, the MMO, it is possible to do a quest to help Bill escape the wolves and wargs on his way back to Rivendell. He does great and kicks them to help. That That's all. I'm glad that Bill defends himself, but I'm also very sad to think about Bill being waylaid by wolves and wargs. It is sad, but I'm glad that you get to, like, help him and that he's, like, feisty and kicks them. You get him, Bill. Okay, what's our first question question? Let's go chronologically. We have one from a friend of the pod, Cal. Ah, yes. Who submitted several a few weeks ago, and we are kind of spacing them out. I mean, by several, you mean two. That's several. Mm, Okay. A few ago. This one reads, uh, urgent, do not ignore, or you will be cursed. Yeehaw and yippee-ki-yay, partners. Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, or whatever movie you're on, once you answer this, don't read this part on air unless you really want to. And Spirit Stallion and the Cimarron, same universe? Question mark? Directed by Peter Jackson, Cal. What do you think about that? Is Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron in the same universe as Middle-earth? Etc. Yes, because Middle-earth is a prehistory that takes place here. Spirits Down of the Cimarron takes place here. And also, like, there are some implications, I think you could look into it, that, like, Spirit is descended from one of the Maras because, like, he yeah. has, a, like, a charisma and power that the other horses do not have. And other horses are drawn to him and follow him like Hasafel and Arad react to Shadowfax. Absolutely. I know that the prehistory thing, which... Sometimes I'm fine with and sometimes I'm like, okay, Tolkien, stop with your bullshit. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think absolutely For the purpose of this spirit argument, yes. is a, a Maris horse. Um, yeah, yeah, 100%. And I don't, I need to rewatch Spirit, um, obviously. I, everyone always needs to rewatch Spirit. We live in, in a state of being of needing to rewatch Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron. Genuinely, if you haven't seen it, <laughs> suspend your doubt and just and just 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 watch it just be transported by that brian adams soundtrack that gets me every fucking time just it's so good look that soundtrack helped me get through my finals can't take me i'm free (laughs) okay um what i was gonna say though is is there evidence that spirit in the movie understands human speech oh that's actually really interesting because because the humans talk around him and he is sometimes I'm trying I'm trying to remember specifically if he can like understand them. Oh, oh, he must be able to. Like I'm thinking specifically of there's a scene where like the evil cavalry dude is like talking about how he's broken spirit and spirit rolls his eyes at what he says. Exactly. So that's, that's like concrete evidence. Sometimes spirit says like in his like inner monologue that like he doesn't understand what the two feet or whatever are on about, but other times he seems to. So yeah, I, okay. I think there's an, there's enough there. Yeah. There's enough there. Definitely. Okay. Thank you, Cal, so much for your question. Next question is from Emma Dumpling Squid. Hi, Emma. Emma writes, if horses have agency and morality, do you think any of the horses you've encountered so far have been secret spies? Who in Lord of the Rings is most likely to be double-crossed by a horse? And then a second short question that we will get to as soon as we answer this one. 
I know what horse would be most likely to double cross people, and that is any and all of the ponies that we have seen. Like that little fucking pony in Brie, absolutely working for the enemy. Custard? Ponies are hateful, spiteful little creatures. I've known some nice ponies. I have only known ponies who desire me dead. Okay. Um, I've been I've been hurt worse by a pony than I ever have been by a horse. Wow. Who would most likely to be double crossed by a horse? I want to say, like Aragorn, because of his like known horse girl tendencies. Like he mm. wants, he likes them and wants to trust them. Right. Like he puts maybe too much faith in their goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of anyone else who might have been a secret spy. I feel like Sam has Sam has a big a big heart such that you might believe that he would get tricked by a pony, but Sam also is very like wily in his own way. He he has a good radar for like who means him harm. Yeah, I think Sam is actually really discerning in who he trusts. Right, right, that's what I'm saying is I think some people yeah. might look at him and like assume that he would be easy to trick in that way and I don't think so. Besides, like, the Black Riders, all of the horses we see are really lovely, and so I don't think any of them are secret spies. Maybe the horse that Grima rides back to Saruman. Only because I don't think a horse who was truly loyal to Rohan would willingly take Grima back to Saruman. That's complicated, though. You know, like, that takes that takes us back into, like, how much... How much agency, how much do, they agency have? do the horses have? Right. But in this question, Emma says, if horses have agency and morality, do you think blah, blah, blah. So that's like, assuming they have agency. Yeah. Theoretically, do you think any of them have been secret spies? And I'm saying, in a world where they definitely have agency, the horse that takes Grima back might be a secret spy. But I'm not yeah. saying that that is the state of things necessarily, just... I'm going to write the fan fiction about the horse who spies on other horses in the royal stables. Wow. Has to live this like horse double life. Love it. Maybe it was that chestnut in a stall like on the other side in Gen 1 and none oh. of the other horses like to hang out with it anymore because oh, it's spied on Oh, and that's why he's over them. there by himself. Yeah. Narrow Cheek? Narrow yeah. Cheek is like kind of a villain name too, you know? Yeah. As far as like warrior cats names go. Yeah. Okay, second question from Emma is, what is your Middle Earth horse Sona? Mm, this is a big question. And I'm interpreting this as like, not like, what horse that we've already seen would you be? But like, if you were like making a self insert OC, but a horse. I have two answers. There's like the aspiration, there's like the aspirational answer. Uh-huh. And then there's the cottagecore aspirational answer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I want to hear them both. Cottagecore aspirational answer is like, you like, I feel like you want to be a pony in the Shire. That's like the lushest place to be, right? Just like a happy round little bay. Yeah. My, my other aspirational answer is like, I feel like I would want to be a Rohan horse because they're like tough and cool, like from the land of horses, you know? And yeah. I'm so in love with the dapples. I love the dapples. I I think they're so striking. So probably like some mm. sort of like gray, gray dapply Rohan horse. Mm -hmm. How about you? I'm also drawn to the Shire, but I think I have a way of having the best of both worlds, which mm. is that I am the cool horse that as I aged was semi-retired and Eowyn like grew up riding. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I'm just like 
in a lush pasture chilling because I'm Just old chillin'. and tired. Yeah. But oh, like, God, someone put me out I was pasture, like, please. Like, I'm the reason Eowyn is a great rider and loves horses. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. Oh, that's <laughs> great. Wow. I would name my horse O.C., but I have no naming energy left. It's gone. Yeah. Maybe we'll revisit it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. What's our last, uh, our last call of Gondor? Uh, this is from another friend of the pod, Nat. Nat says, I have oh, a question about friend. horses. Or, yeah. Definitely a human, not a horse. Don't worry mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Nat says, I have a question about horses. How do you befriend one? What's it like to be buds with a horse? My best friend was a horse girl when I was a kid, and I occasionally went with her riding, went with her to riding lessons to meet the horses, but I was mainly just frightened because they were big, and I had heard that horses could kick you to death. But now I'm told they're actually friends. Thinking emoji. Your human friend, Nat. We, we do have to clarify Nat. something right off the bat, which is that horses can kick you to death, but that doesn't mean they're not friends. I think, in general, in most cases... Horses will only kick out of fear. Like, they're much more likely to accidentally kick you because they're startled than to, like, kick you with the intent of harming you out of spite. And there are ways to avoid being kicked when they're startled, which we can talk about. Yeah. Um, I, I, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna be a little tangential, which is, like, <laughs> there's a spectrum of things that can kick you to death that are friend shaped or not. So like at one end of the spectrum is like can kick you to death but is a friend is horse and the other end of the spectrum of things that can't kick you to death and is not a friend is emus. Oh, okay, fair. I would say like my number one piece of advice for being around a horse is to stay calm and stay mm-hmm. visible or like in contact with them. When you walk behind a horse, and this is like a super important thing to learn that is like very basic when you first are like learning to be around a horse, you stay like right up against them. Right, pressed up against them. Right, like you put your torso against the side of the horse and keep like a hand or arm on their back and you just stayed, stay glued to them as you like walk around the back of the horse. That does two things. One, it lets the horse know exactly where you are at all times, so they don't, like, you know, lose, get startled lose you suddenly they can't, they can't by see you. you back there. Right. right. And two, if they do kick, you're so close to them that they can't actually get their leg up, their back legs up high enough to do much damage. Yeah, they can't kick you with any, like, momentum. Yeah. Definitely staying calm. Um, a lot of people, I think when they are like, if they don't have a lot of experience with horses, they want to do the thing that you see in every piece of horse media, which is like stroking the horse on its, on its face, right in between its eyes where it cannot see you. And a horse does not want you to do that until that horse like knows you and feels okay. Yeah. I think like once a horse is like well aware of your presence, side of the neck stroking is great, like is a nice place to start. And if you're giving a horse treats, which is a great way to befriend it, you want to offer them with your hand as flat as possible. Even like if, if your fingers tucked in, bend backwards a little bit. (laughs) Great. Because they're a little clumsy and they will chomp off your fingers accidentally. Fingers are carrot shaped. So you just like lay that apple flat on your palm and keep your fingers well away and like together um, and let it just 
pick it up from the flat of your hand. Have you ever been seriously bit or kicked by a horse, Joey? I was kicked by my horse after falling off him one time when he spooked. Um, I had like a hoof-shaped bruise on my forearm because he was doing the kind of like, like he started like bucking and like kicking out his back legs and I fell and then got kicked like when I was on the ground. But it wasn't too serious. I've never been bitten, thankfully. Oh, that's ouchy. Yeah, that does not sound fun. They got I those, have been... those big chompers. They got those big chompers. I've been kicked and bit. I I feel like more than either of those, those are outliers, more than anything I've been stepped upon, which is yeah. sometimes intentional and sometimes bratty, but um Yeah. Not great either way. I've been I was I was the, the worst I was ever bit, I was like working at a horsemanship camp and we had to saddle and unsaddle fifty horses a day. Uh, and I did the thing where I was like moving a little too fast and like cinched someone's girth up like without enough warning mm. and just got yeah. like absolutely fucking chomped on the thigh like for my Yikes. like actually like tore my jeans which was like Yikes. Sir, come on. Yeah. And I've been um minorly kicked a few times. Genuinely the worst I ever got kicked. I got like full-on double kicked in the middle of the back two hoof prints by a pony I was leading. Yikes. Because I used to do like those like po- like lead ponies for kids. And I've yeah. never, I've never forgiven ponies. I've never forgiven yeah, ponies. Yeah, no that. wonder. I Yeah, I have not had those kinds of experiences. Um, I have interacted with fewer horses than you have overall, even though I, you know, I had my own, but I was not working with as, as many different horses. Um. But yeah, really, yeah, like horses. Horses are friends. Like malicious horses, like absolutely do exist, but they are such a small outlier, and it's so contextual. Yeah, and like generally, you're gonna be warned that a specific horse is malicious. You know, if you're visiting horses, and like the vast majority of horses, you like, like, Otterborn, like talking in Elvish. Like you don't need to talk in Elvish, but keeping that like low voice going also like cues the horse into your presence right and like lets them know so they are less yeah, they're, startled they're called by, like, like horse whisperers for a reason yeah um so they're not startled by suddenly seeing you but they're great and like the feeling the smell and like warmth and feeling oh, we can't of a horse oh, and like so good. And, like forehead being forehead to forehead with a horse incredible the velvet of like, their when you're like, nose, we, amazing. We're, we're big on the velvet today. I love like when you're like bustling around and a horse does like the friendly little like nose bumps of like hello, hello. Yes, or like a horse who is comfy with you will like rub its the front of its head up and down just like on down your you. chest yeah. or like the your it's side. Disgust. It's disgusting. To, like, you get so goobed. Yeah, but like to like itch its forehead, they just like. Yeah. Have you ever ridden horses that will do the thing, like, if you are, like, riding in a very, like, casual manner, like, really loose reins, like, warm up, cool down, they'll kind of arc around and, like, touch your foot as, like, a yes. little check-in? Yeah. Yeah, this, horses are friends. And, Nat, horses can kick you to death, but that can be a pro and not a con because it also means that they can kick your enemies to death. Hell yeah. I think that's... That it for us today. This is a monster episode. <laughs> this is the extended edition cut of the podcast. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about that other than that. Wow, so many horses. So many horses. Thanks for listening. Yeah, we continue horse by horse. Onward.
Thank you for listening. The music you heard at the beginning was Horse by Horse, arranged and performed by us, Caitlin and Joey. You can listen to it again at soundcloud.com slash shadowfaxpod. The cover art was made by Annie Johnston Glick at DancyNuru on Twitter. I'm Caitlin. My pronouns are she, they, and you can follow me on Twitter at Behold. You can follow the show at shadowfaxpod and email your horse-related LOTR questions to shadowfaxpod at gmail.com. Again, that is shadowfax, F-A-C-T-S. Joining me on this journey there and back again is Joey. My pronouns are they, them, and you can follow me on Twitter at Joey the Prince. If you want to read and watch along, check the episode description for the segment we'll cover next time. This has been Shadow Facts. One horse to rule them all. Ha 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 ha!